Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. And we're back, man. Episode 176. Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's get right into it. We ain't got no reason to be lollygagging this week. Yeah, we got to get right into it. And one of the main topics here is Simone Biles. Um, Simone Biles, obviously, uh, gymnast, uh, USA team. And recently, she had a situation. Now, I'll go ahead and give some context to it and jump on this article really quick. Um, but yeah, the gist of it is, is she had a situation where uh, she had to back out of competition because she had something called the twisties, where it's like a neurological thing where your brain and body are not in unison. And that's very dangerous in gymnastics, because if you're doing spins and shit, you can land on your neck and fuck yourself up. Oh, yeah. So I think she was cognizant of her having these problems and backed out. Now, at first, I had some opinions. I was like, yo, she just a quitter, dog. Like. At first, I thought she was a quitter and she had just gave up on the team and whatnot. And, you know, I figured like for a person to lean into this GOAT conversation and have it stitched into her uniform and all that, I think she had intentions of performing. But this shit happened during competition. So, you know, I'm not I couldn't I'm glad that we had like a week to process what was going on. Yeah, because if you looked at it on the surface, she'd be like, yo, she a quitter, dog. She's making excuses. But truth be told. She was fucked up. Yeah, for sure. So that was definitely one of the things that I had seen. Yeah, that sure. was, I think that was because um, we talked early on in the week and I had some opinions about it. And especially, um, you know, and we'll get into more of a, a conversation about right. psychology and stuff later. But just, you know, understanding sports and us having sports background and understanding, right. you know, kind of the, the stuff you have to go through in order to be an athlete. Um, it kind of doesn't make room for a lot of um not that she made an excuse, but it doesn't really make room for a lot of excuses. Like, right. you know, and we've been in situations where it's just kind of like you got to put up or shut up. So, right. um, but obviously like later on in the week when more and more uh, information came out and she actually started speaking candidly about it, I think that's where we kind of uh, yeah. changed our tune. 100%. But she went into depth of what the twisties are. I think from the outside looking in, we don't know shit about gymnastics. So so we was like, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. She can't do a simple spin. And we start conflating it. But what about Michael Jordan? He would have did this and that. Like, all that conversation is fluff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Simone Biles opened up about her fearful, her fateful twisties. The conditions she uh, said led up to pu- her to pull out of the Olympic gymnastics competition to focus on her mental health. Revealing to her fans in an Instagram Q&A that... Her mind and body are simply not in sync. I don't think you realize how dangerous this is on hard competitive surface. The 24-year-old who has won four Olympic gold medals uh, as well as a silver bronze wrote on wrote in on a Friday. What the hell happened to the article? Fucking New York Post. Okay. <laughs> wrote it on Friday. Nor do I have to explain why I put my health first. Physical health is mental health. That was a good point. I think we say something like, you know, she blamed mental health. But, dog, if you have a neurological disconnect between your body and your mind, that is a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. Like, that's literally what that is. When she said mental health at first, another thing that I had a problem with was I was just like, oh, man, it seems like everyone's using mental health for a bunch of shit nowadays. Yeah. And I feel like mental health is important. But what I don't like is when people throw it around for everything. Yeah. Because some people suck. Some people are quitters, and they just say, oh, my mental health. No, you suck, right? But there are some people that have real mental health problems that um, inhibit them from continuing. Um, 
She basically said uh, the, the the Team USA gymnast also posted, then deleted two videos of her attempting to dismount on the uneven bars. I think by her posting and deleting, this shit is getting to her. The it, backlash, for the, sure. The backlash is fucking killing her because she wants, she's trying to explain it to people who are hell bent on saying that she sucks. Mm-hmm. It's just a confirmation bias. Like they're watching her. Here's just more excuses. I went to all her stories. All she's doing is making excuses. Look here. I was one of those people at first that was like, yo, she seemed like she just gave up. But then I had enough self-awareness to sit back, shut my mouth and just listen. Do you, do you think she owed us that this extensive explanation? I don't think she did, but I think that American, like just people in America have this way of thinking that's fucked up. Like, for example, if gymnasts in Russia had did this, then they'd probably be getting a call from Putin himself. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are, why do you do this? Why do you think you're okay to do this? I don't understand. You want to die? What do you want? You want me to kill your grandma? Your grandma's already about to die. I can kill her. Is that okay? I kill your grandma. You'd be like, What? <laughs> Just because I couldn't do a dismount, like you gonna yeah. kill my grandma? What the fuck? Yeah, it seemed very programmed over there, huh? Yeah, it's very programmed. Yeah, yeah. You, have you seen that Rocky movie with the Russian in it? Yeah. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> you let this black woman beat you in the gymnast <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> you lucky it wasn't Germany back in the Hitler days. Then he just shoots him. <laughs> God damn! That's oh, crazy. yeah. Oh man! But I, I, I don't think she owed anybody any sort of explanation. She's, you know, she's a grown woman, and she's, you know, she's, she's overcome a lot, you know, just in her history in gymnastics and you know her professional career. I, I think that um, I don't necessarily like when people say that, like she don't owe us nothing. She don't have to explain anything to us. It, she doesn't on mm-hmm. the on the surface, but right. this is the real world. You know right. what I mean? Like we, know, we, man. we uh, yeah, and she's representing the United States of America. I think it would be different if it was uh, some sort of like personal thing. Like even right. with like Naomi Osaka, she when she pulled out of like some of the tennis tournaments, it was she's competing for herself. It's not her, you know, with the United States uh, logo on her back or whatever. Um, so I think in that case. Um, we didn't necessarily uh, deserve it or need it, but I think she could have done herself um, good to just come out and say what she said. Yeah, but she made a statement for anyone saying I quit. I didn't quit on my quit my mind and body are simply not in sync. As you can see here, wrote the athlete who stunned the world when she dropped out of the final, out of the team final and women's individual all around. So mm-hmm. I mean. For her not to, because if you have something like this and you do a spin or a kick and you don't know where you are, mm-hmm. you're going to have a huge problem. You good? Yeah, I just turned my mic down a little. Oh, it was a little loud or what? Yeah. How did you know? I'm looking at the waves. Oh, it's spiking. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, it wasn't folks. peaking, but it was just, um, it was a little bit bigger than yours. See, folks, this is what you go through when you don't have a producer. You have uh-huh. to like do it all yourself. Yeah, you know, we like Kanye West in here. Yeah, we Kanye West. I want to be a trans animal. I'm a trans animal, y'all. He gonna sell ninety dollar t shirts that just say trans animal. On the you guys know what that means if you watch the last, the last episode. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I think that uh, in regards to her situation, it's very unique. I don't think that you're afforded these um, privileges and other lines of business or in life. 
I think her being an athlete, she has the privilege to do this, but the average American does not have the privilege to back out and say my mental health is fucked up. Yeah. You know, and people say that's not true. A very extremely left wing opinion would be that that's simply not true. Anyone could back out because of the mental health. No, you can't. If you're a parent, you have to provide for your kids. You're going to have to keep going to that job you hate every motherfucking day that is destroying your mental health. But what will make your mental health even worse is if you quit the job to help your mental health. But now, <laughs> but now your kid can't fucking eat. So now your mental health is fucked up again. You're in a mental health conundrum. You're in a mental health conundrum. Yeah. So I, I, th- I mm-hmm. think that's the, the important thing. Like understanding that um, what she did is not necessarily like. Brave It's not. Yeah. And I wasn't going to say that. But mm-hmm. I, I think that the way that they're propping her up to be this like mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing she did was, was her self-awareness. Right. I think that, um, all the other things are like, I think those are independent of what I would deem as like somebody being a mental health advocate. Because, um, when you, when you look at certain advocates of of certain things, you want relatability. You want, you know, as, as a, as a casual person, you want to be able to put yourself in that person's shoes. Right. So with, with what Eddie said, as far as like the average person doesn't have the luxury of, you know, if they don't want to show up to work, like they just can't say like, Hey, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. not feeling it today. They generally have to, you know, go to work. Or if they're Mm -hmm. a parent, that person can't just be like, Hey, I'm clocking out of being a parent for a couple of days. Um, so my take on this thing is that I think it would be more beneficial if a person like that, or, you know, athletes in those cases to not only like sit out, obviously she sat out to protect herself from getting injured and whatnot, but a person like that, maybe in a, in a less dangerous sport, such as football or, or something like that, or mm-hmm. soccer or something like that, the more beneficial beneficial thing for, for those people to do if they really want to help people is be like, hey, I had the twisties. I had the yips. They, I had- Yeah, they did. They um, talked about that. Yeah, I had something mm-hmm. like that going on with me mentally, and I- so, uh, went to seek help or I, I spoke to a therapist, a sports psychologist or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I continued to play. I got over it eventually. And, and now I'm in a, in a much better place. So that person, a uh, much better place, sorry. So that person that is working, you know, a regular nine to five, when they do see that, they can be like, oh, okay, I don't have the luxury of not showing up for my kids. I don't have the luxury of not showing up to work because I got bills. I got to, you know, I got to raise my kids. My, my son, my daughter is the only person I have, right? So if they see that, they'd be like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, during my break, my 10 minute break, my 30 minute lunch or whatever, right. I can speak to my therapist over the phone so I can get through the rest of this day or, you know, whatever right. the case may be. Or, you know, when my son is asleep, I can talk to my therapist or have like a little one-on-one session via Zoom or whatever. Um, I think those things are more beneficial than telling someone like, hey, if you're not feeling it, you shouldn't have to go to work. First of all, the job market is not built for anyone's mental health. It's built for production. And, yeah, and you're the, just a number. You're just a number. And the, the world we know would cease to exist without people sacrificing their mental health on a daily basis, whether it's, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, soldiers who fight abroad you know, or whatever the case. The world, the, America was built on the lack of awareness for people's mental health. Yeah. There's like a bunch of slaves out there like, dang, I wish I was back in Africa, but... You know, they just yeah. I think that was a terrible analogy. But that's not an analogy. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's not a joke either. I'm mm-hmm. saying like that's just that's how our society is built. It's it was built, built on the lack of concern for people's well being. That's a good point. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. 
I, I thought you said, I'd rather be back in Africa. I was like, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, just in, like it was built off the back of people. It was not built on considering their mental health. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's any, I think now this, all this mental health talk is new. But what, what happens is it could become oversaturated and, and there's not enough context to it. Yeah, it that's not, what happens a lot. That's what happens a lot. And people mm-hmm. just throw that shit around anywhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, too, like if you think about like coal miners and people like that, if you work in a coal mine, it's not good for your mental or physical health. But without people like that doing those jobs, this country would go down the toilet. That is a fact. Yeah. So I think that like when I mentioned uh, an athlete can have a certain privilege to to back out of a sport. It's it's not afforded to everyone. Yeah. So within the context of the sport, I don't think it was brave. I think it was smart. Some people are saying it's brave because you know you should put your mental health first and this and that. But truth be told, that's not how the real world works. You know, I was doing some research on the on the term emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and um, initially I thought like. I thought it was more so like the awareness of how you're feeling. Right. Um, but mental, the emotional intelligence, it, intelligence is, it's kind of like an all encompassing thing. Um, mm-hmm. And part of your emo- emotional intelligence is your self-awareness, but also part of your emotional intelligence is how to navigate when you are feeling s- different types of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So being emotionally intelligent is not only um, understanding that you're mad because someone did something to you. Mm-hmm. It's also being able to cope with that anger and not necessarily acting on it. You know what I mean? Not necessarily like punching somebody in the face because they cut you off in traffic or something like that. Right. So I just, uh, my whole like tune as far as like emotional and intelligence changed. Um, and I don't know, know exactly why I said that, but you know. Come on, man. Come on. Something, something you said triggered that I- idea. But you got the fucking twisties or what, man? I <laughs> <laughs> got the podsies Yeah He keeps just be like Yeah and I think that's why Cows and milk Should be only two dollars <laughs> What the fuck Does that have to do With what we're talking about man God damn it <laughs> Edit point <laughs> Nah man um, I think I think we tend to feel better About ourselves When our physical And mental Are in sync So for example If a person is Morbidly obese And they're overweight And they don't like their body That's affecting their mental health So the mind and body Are definitely connected There are a bunch of people Who have body issues And it's because of the way They feel about themselves And the world is not helping that because it's reinforcing these ideas of this is how you should look. The chick with the small waist and the big booty and the low body fat, you should look like that. So it's exacerbating the problem we have. Body dysmorphia. It's, it, I guess this, this idea of body dysmorphia or... I don't um, like that term body dysmorphia mm-hmm. because it sounds like something that's not mental, if that makes sense. Like when you hear the term body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. doesn't it sound like somebody that has some sort of impairment to their body, like they may have like missing... A missing like, leg or something like, like yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's what it sounds like. But in reality, it's just a perception of how you... How you view, view it. Because Jonah Hill just did... Before we got on the podcast, we seen a post by Jonah Hill talking about body dysmorphia and he had like a tattoo of a hand on his, on his back saying mm-hmm. something. But it's proof that people that don't feel good about their bodies, it affects their mental health. Yeah. So I, I think that what I believe is this. I don't think you should just live in a a situation and say, hey, look, you know, I'm depressed because of this. I think you should fight for your mental health. Yeah. I think that's real, too. I think in most cases we can enhance our mental health if we do the work for it. Yeah. It takes work. 
Yeah, I think if, sure. if you have, if you're a person that grew up in poverty and you had a bunch of stresses, like I seen a TikTok and it was a girl that was saying like, uh, what is something you learn about parents that change your life forever? She says, I learned to not stress my kids out with adult problems. Dang. She said, I remember when my mom used to tell me, like, I can't get you that because we don't have the money for that and we don't have that and we can't afford that. And he said, by her telling me that I would go to school and be stressed out every day, worrying about why we didn't have out. money, yeah. trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and I think I think that's one of the things. And she said, basically, to change that, I made sure that my kids never had to go through that. And I'm connecting all of this because she had to fight in order to make that change for herself and her child. Mm-hmm. The same way we need to fight to better our mental health. Yeah. Right? This is this is not exactly correlating with Simone Biles, but it just it's just proof that mind and body are connected. Yeah. I agree. I think um Dang, I had a, I just drew another blank. Yeah. What what were you talking about? I was just talking about just for example, just oh sorry, I fighting you. for your mental health. And yeah, I think what, what I what I realize um, more so recently, like people like to rest in um, things being wrong with them, right? Um, yeah, so for for us, you know, we always talk about you know being better versions of ourselves. We always talk about you know getting better at you know, pretty much any and everything we do, um, putting the time into it. But there are some people and say, say you are like a person that battles like depression or anxiety or whatever. It's one thing to battle those things. We, we the, a lot of that stuff is out mm-hmm. of our control, excuse me, but there, there are things that we can do to help us navigate, you know, those, those situations. Mm-hmm. So like I was mentioning before, like the, the awareness of it is, is, um, is just kind of like the, the bare minimum, right? Like we, as, uh, people have the ability to, um, get better, um, or, you know, become better, uh, have a better mental health aspect to our life. Right. But I think a lot of people like to just say, I'm very anxious or I have social anxiety or I have body dysmorphia or I have depression. I think they like to say it because it sounds cool and it's something new that they learn. But I don't think all those people, as many people are saying that on the timelines and all these kind of things, mm-hmm. I don't know if as many of those people that are saying it are actually putting in real time and no. effort into I think, fixing things. I think it absolves them from what's really going on. A lot of times it's effort. A lot of times you're not giving the effort that you should that would help you cure you of this thing. You shouldn't rest and say, I have this or uh, for example, oh, I don't like the way my body looks. Okay, you don't like the way it looks. You shouldn't live in that, though. Mm-hmm. I think that over time you should progress that and do the work to change it to where you can feel better about yourself. If you look better and you, you would feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you just live in it and say, I have this or I have body dysmorphia or I have depression, I just feel I feel like it, in some ways for some people, I feel like it absolves them from laziness. I feel like it absolves them from being quitters. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that just quit or lazy. And here we are. It's about to be 2022 soon. And they had these resolutions that they fucking gave up on. Yeah. And they could say, yeah, you know, 2020 drained my mental health. And then it kind of bled into 2021. So I got to wait until 2022. No, motherfucker, you're lazy. Mm-hmm. You're lazy. It's not a fucking, it's not some malfunction going on. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the fucking effort. Yeah. And that's what's causing you to live in this shit. Mm-hmm. Like you can't sit back If you grow up Like I mentioned The idea of growing up in poverty Like if you don't want to feel like that And that left you in a depressed A depressed, a depressed state mm-hmm. 
In order to enhance or change that state, you have to do what it takes to take you out of poverty. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I just think that people don't like to people don't like to do the work in some cases. Yeah. There are people that have legitimate mental health problems, and this is no slight to y'all. But then there are other motherfuckers that can just rest on this idea. Yeah, I have this. And it's like, what? I think those people, they also try to make themselves um, like unicorns in a sense. Right, right, right. Like I am, I have anxiety or I have <clears throat> depression or I have these things, which is like valid things. But I think that most people have a version or a... Um, some sort of amount of a lot of those things. Um, you know, I think there are certain situations that make certain people anxious and then there are certain situations that make other people very anxious. Like, you know, for me, I, I, um, I get very anxious around people drinking alcohol, like in party atmospheres. Like it's not, yeah. it's not very comfortable for me, but I don't walk around like this poster child for like, anxious people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because i understand that it's my whatever i'm dealing with is not like the the magnum opus of anxious people um and i think some people like to rest on that so they could be a little bit anxious um in traffic or something like that and they like to uh, magnify that to make it seem like you know they're uh what they're going through is much different than the average person. Even like social, like social anxiety. I remember um, Summer Walker, like she quit her tour because mm-hmm. she was saying like, hey, I have, I deal with, you know, I battle social anxiety and mm-hmm. I, I just, I just can't deal with uh, people and, you know, all these people around me and stuff like that. But I'm like, yo, I, I get it. Like you, you're, you're, you, you're probably introvert. You're probably, mm-hmm. you know, secluded. You just make music in, in the studio and you just be chilling. But at the same time, like, I don't know of, I would say like out of all the classes, my communication classes and stuff like that, that I've had, mm-hmm. I would say at like a 95, 90% clip, the people that went up there was a nervous wreck you know what I mean people mm-hmm. shaking I remember you know seeing people giving speeches like hey mm-hmm. this is my presentation now I'm going to go to the next slide or like you know people sweating up there stuttering whatever the case oh, may yeah, be I've seen that a lot. which is technically a version of you know some sort of like social anxiety right so I just say like we um just because it's so new it's so fresh I think that people are leaning on these things so hard and um, not that, you know, it's ba- I think it's it, it's kind of good and bad because back in the 90s, it was like, yo, you just got to deal with some of this. Pretty stuff. much, man. But now, like like we were saying, we have these new this new lingo. We have new terminology. People are more aware of it. It's not s- information that's only secluded to like the wealthy and stuff like that. Right. And now it's just everywhere. It's flooding yeah. the markets. Not to mention there's an extreme left wing ideology and extreme right wing yeah, ideology. Yeah, they made it political. And they made it political. Mm-hmm. And it, it shouldn't be. I think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle because the yeah. extreme left wing version is like you should mental health You, if you want to just quit anything just stop anything and then it's fine that's not how the fucking real world works mm-hmm. in order to propel yourself there are certain situations where you your mental health may not be in the best state but you got to keep going because mm-hmm. that pressure builds character mm-hmm. would you want to register would you want to register nurse or a doctor to quit in the middle of your fucking surgery no oh. you, you what what makes Look, all those nights of those registered nurses or doctors staying up, all them nights doing all that goddamn homework, do you think that was great for their mental health? No. 
Yeah, but, I've done a lot of things in school that wasn't yeah. necessarily beneficial. There are people in there are people in college that literally take Adderall so they could perform better and do and do all their homework and all their fucking stuff. Yeah, dealing with pressures of tests. Yeah, dealing with pressures mm-hmm. of tests, all that shit. Being the first person to, in your family to graduate from college, like these are all real pressures. But these pressures propel great people. Everybody cannot be great. Yeah. Okay, but there's certain times where mental health, there's a balance of this shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're working super hard and you just stress the fuck out, if you have the privilege to say fuck this shit, I'm out. Let, I need to take a week off. That's when mental health needs to be worked on, right mm-hmm. then and there. Go to the beach. Go get some head. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Go go to your favorite restaurant. Take a week off of work. You know, do you, man? And I feel mm-hmm. like that that'll be like a re, that'll be like re-energizing your batteries. Yeah. But in order to get things done in America, dog, mental health is out the window. You can't yeah. be you can't be a can you imagine the, the soldiers that, you know, was in Normandy on the beach. They once them bullets and shit started flying, they couldn't say, oh, fuck my mental health. I got to get back. Like, no, <laughs> once them bullets f- start flying, you got to start firing back or you're going to be fucking dead. So I think yeah. that this is a very nuanced conversation when you talk about mental health. How it is extremely important, how it is beneficial. But on the other hand, what would the world be able to accomplish if we consistently value mental health? Your employers, whoever's listening to this, the average person, your employer doesn't give a fuck about your mental health because they will replace your ass as soon as you fucking quit. You'll be out of there. Mm-hmm. You'll be done. Yeah. They're not saying, hey, you look like you're stressed out. Go ahead and take a break. It's got to be up to you to take that break. And if you take that break and it's against your employer's rules, he will fire your ass. He or she will fire you. Yeah. So you could get you could have good mental health, right? For that moment cuz you quit the job. But when you ain't got no money, now your mental health is stressing you the fuck out cuz you ain't got no goddamn money now. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I think there's a I think there's a time and a space for everything, right? And I think in in the in the case of like sports um, there is, I would say there's little room to, um, to, I guess, use your mental health as a excuse not to do something. Right. Um, it, it's just, it doesn't bode well in competition. Mm-mm. Um, you know, like we presented before I was talking to Eddie about it. I was like, Tom Brady can't say like, Hey, I'm, I'm a little bit anxious about this mm-hmm. game coming up, so I'm not going to play. Like True. LeBron James can't get out there and be like, "Hey, you know, I, I just um, something's wrong with my shot. Like I, I just, I just can't. Like I'm going to take some time off and reassess myself and come back." Like True. it, it doesn't. Those type of things, like competition and sports, it's such a, um, it's such a no excuses type of thing. And I'm sure there's some kid in high school right now that's lifting weights in the summertime and they got a sign and a thing that say no excuses oh yeah hard work or you know all those like all these little uh, positive affirmations that we Mm -hmm. we see around the gym and whatnot oh yeah um and i think that you know even like we said in the real world where it's like you know the people outside of this building don't care that we're doing a podcast right now um the people that are you know waking up for work today at 3 a.m. or whatever the case may be. They don't care about what we got going on. They're only concerned about, you know, making a living for themselves and their family and their kids and stuff like that. Like this world, it just keeps turning. So it doesn't, I think that, you know, it's important to bring awareness to these things, but we also have to understand that our mental health is, um, 
important to us. Right. And it's not necessarily important to the world, Mm -mm. but also that we live in this world. You know, it's not like we can just sit in a vacuum and, you know, you know, uh, make a living without communicating with people or make a living without actually like talking or learning or like being um, entangled in the world. So I think that once you understand, like my mental health is important, it's extremely important, but also the show doesn't stop. So you have to find somewhere in between that, like extremely caring about your mental health and then also like navigating this world and then you'll find like this sweet spot to right here's proof too here's proof that there's some there's some um i won't say correlation but some connection with mental health and trying to achieve a goal because there's some people that quit every day and they were about this close to their goal and they quit yeah and to think about it like for example we do a podcast right we've been doing it for over three years but we don't expect people to give a fuck about what we do Mm -hmm. we do it because we love it and for the people that do subscribe to the podcast we give them their we give them our all every week, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some people that have been doing a podcast for three years and like, why are we getting paid? What's going on? Damn, man, we just need to quit. Mm-hmm. And they quit because it's weighing on their mental health that they're not successful in the podcast space yet. So a lot of people will give up because it's not complimenting complimenting their mental health. I think what keeps me going, I'm pretty sure what keeps me and Keith going is the fact that we love it and we know that this is a long game, long game and we also don't have expectations. Some, yeah. people, some people think just because they're good at something that it's going to happen. And like, if it doesn't happen in this time frame, mm-hmm. then, oh man, I'm just going to quit. It's like, I think, sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. I think there's this, like a Darwinism to uh, success. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was talking about it earlier as far as like, in sports, you know, we learned this pretty quickly. Like the best thing you can do for yourself is be available. Like, yeah. you know, if, if I, you know, coming up playing football or whatever, if I got injured, there's just going to be another cornerback or whatever that replaces me. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody may feel sorry or they may be like, dang, I wish we had him playing this week. But in reality, like, it's just kind of that next man up mentality. Exactly. Um, so um, I say that, you know, in correlation to like mental health and stuff like that, the best thing you can do to be successful is be present. So, um, of course, you know, like we said, there's nothing wrong in, in, in your personal life. If you're taking time off, if you're, you know, you know, if you just want to sit in a room and watch Netflix or eat popcorn and just kind of rejuvenate yourself or go to the beach or whatever, whatever recharges you eat ass, eat ass. If that, if you eat ass, it recharges you, um, getting a little doo-doo mustache, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but if you, if you, if you really want to be successful, you got to be able to, uh, be diligent in those things and that, and being, and being diligent make, uh, means that you're there, you're present and not that you're putting your mental health on the back burner, but you're doing things that can, um, that are conducive to your mental health so you can be present. A hundred percent. I think it's your responsibility. And I, yeah. I, one, one thing I will say, and I'll congratulate Simone Biles for it, since we talked about the overall conversation of mental health, not just Simone Biles, but I think that what she did was incredibly responsible for herself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it brave because this is something that we all have to do. You know, um, in order to change our situation, to complement our mental health, like that, that's something that's our responsibility individually also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to beat this over the head. I just will say that in regards to this, man, I, I wish the best for Simone Biles. She already didn't got like four gold medals in the last Olympics. Yeah. Like she didn't prove that she's the fucking GOAT, but. I'm it, curious to, oh, sorry to cut you off. You good? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like she's proven that she's a damn great gymnast. I just mm-hmm. think that it's unfortunate that this happened. But what I will say 
is I don't know if all of the things regarding mental health are afforded to men the same way they are women. I think that oh, not at all. It, I don't think it is because mm-hmm. I've I've heard many different analysts that call men weak minded on there. Like he just he's just soft. He's just not mentally tough. Like yeah, they say crazy, that a lot. Yeah. yeah, because as men we have an expectation to be providers and to be tough and to take yeah. on shit, and we work dangerous jobs. Yeah. Like these same expectations are not of women. Like we talk about the idea of equality and things of that, and I subscribe to it. But I think there are certain things that are not equal. I don't think that there are women that are willing to work on a drilling rig for fucking 17 hours. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are women that are, that are doing these jobs and there's not very many of them at all. And mm-hmm. these jobs, they weigh on your mental health because it's like fucking like dangerous. Super dangerous and mm-hmm. labor intensive stuff. Mm-hmm. But not only that, like even certain athletes, like if, if uh, Kevin Durant... When he went to the Warriors, they was like, this is just weak. It just yeah. shows how mentally weak he is. But I don't think at, like a woman is not being chastised the same way Kevin Durant was. Because yeah. on ESPN, they were fucking letting him have it, man. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith was like, Kevin Durant is mentally soft. I said, <laughs> it's mentally soft. Yeah. But he ain't saying that shit about Simone Biles. He can't. He can't. Yeah. He can't because, you know, it's under the guise of mental health. But yeah, if you, you can't even, say that. If you even say something about mental health, like if you say something about mental health to other men, they'll be like, oh, my God, this guy is so soft. Mm-hmm. It's because people can't. They can't. It's still new to people right now. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. It's uh. but, you know, I think that this this conversation is important, though. So oh, yeah. I think that especially with the new information that came out, I think it's yeah. a good conversation. Yeah, this is a very extremely nuanced. We could have a conversation forever about this. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine this. Imagine if you're a guy that works and you do a crazy job. It's super dangerous. And, you know, your wife's mental health is great. Your kids are great. But you're the one out there busting your ass. So in order to make sure that they're okay and their mental health's all right, you're doing this labor-intensive job and you're sick and tired of it. But you can't quit it because it would affect the mental health of your kids and your wife. So you sacrifice yours. To make sure they're okay. All while listening to your wife complain about. Oh my God, Hobby Lobby doesn't have the shit that I want. Fuck. If you don't get you, how about you go to Hobby Lobby and just fucking stay there? Okay. Yeah. Go to Hobby Lobby and stay there. Yeah. Matter of fact, go to Hobby Lobby, get another woman and bring her back here. <laughs> 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 that was funny. All right, man. All right, switching gears. Uh, the baby. Uh, recently, the, the baby got up on stage after his performance and was just saying some wild shit, man. Wild shit. And I, I just think that the biggest thing that a lot of artists and musicians have a problem with is self-awareness and not knowing when to just like shut the fuck up. It's like to hear they self-talk. Yeah. yeah. And here's, here's a little brief uh, idea of what went on to give us some time to context. Um, all right. Uh, basically says the uh, baby has dubbed himself the live show killer, and he's certainly gotten folks around the world talking about his recent set at the Rolling Loud uh, during the performance. The Charlotte rapper born Jonathan Kirk was only brought uh, controversial artist Tory Lanez on stage, uh, but made some truly bizarre and offensive comments about queer people as well as those living with AIDS and HIV. Uh, he said this end quote. If you don't, if you didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexual transmitted diseases, 
that'll make you die in two to three weeks that put your cell phone light in the air. Where do you get that statistic from? It's fucking stupid. He said, ladies, if your pussy smell like water, put a cell phone light in the air. That was a good one. I don't like Yeah, I don't like the smells. The water is fine. (laughs) Yeah, if you get a little bit of lavender in there, that's good too. (laughs) (laughs) But vaginas aren't supposed to smell like lavender. That's like some freshener stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, put a cell phone light in there. Fellas, if you ain't sucking suck a nigga dick in the parking lot, <laughs> put your cell phone lights in the air. Keep it fucking real. And this is just... Yeah, some of you niggas suspect. When yeah, you his DJ was like, yep, some of y'all suspect. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. It's undone. It sounds so old, too. Yeah, it sounds like so 2000s. outdated, man. You can't... You just can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he said that. All right, and here's an article about what happened today regarding him. Uh, where the hell is this at? What the hell? Where is it at? Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, boom. All right. Lollapalooza <laughs> cancels uh, performance after homophobic comments. The Lollapalooza Music Festival canceled the rapper's performance on Sunday after his comments that were wild, widely, jeez, really, dude? It's fucking, one thing I hate about Android, I love it, but when, sometimes when an app, something happened, they just close the motherfucker. Oh, uh, crash? Yeah, you be like, hey, man, I'm reading this shit. That's trash. Son of a bitch. All right. Um, <laughs> Lollapalooza uh, Music Festival canceled the rapper's performance on Sunday after his comments that were widely condemned as homophobic. At the Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami on July 25th, the baby made false and insulting comments about gay men and HIV. He also spoke cruelly about women. I don't know what he said about women. Uh, well, I guess he's calling the, the water. Beat, the co- Calling the B word and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, the baby defended his comments later on Instagram. I wasn't going on a rant. Yes, you were. That's called a call to action. That's what that's called. That's what he said? Yeah. Because I'm a live performer. He said, I'm the best live performer. Uh, oh, my God. It's fucking stupid. Uh, <clears throat> Ellen John, Madonna, and Dua Lipa were among the names out to condemn the comments. Dua Lipa, who collaborated with a rapper on a remix of her song Levitating, said that the statement on her Instagram story that she was surprised and horrified at the baby comments. At least one celebrity has spoken out of support of the baby. That's T.I.'s dumbass. And he said, if you're going to have Lil Nas X and him living his truth, you're going to damn sure have people like the baby who going to speak their truth. Rapper T.I. said on Instagram about rapper Lil Nas X being openly gay. Let me be very clear when I say this. As a heterosexual male, I don't have any interest on how someone else lives their life. Mm-hmm. If if Lil Nas X is gay, that's okay. He can, I mean, just leave him the fuck alone. I don't. What I don't understand is this. Regardless of, let's just let's just bring this all full circle. The baby, he fucked up. He fucked up big time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he fucked up is because when you condemn people with HIV and AIDS or the gay community and you do it all in once and then you call women bitches back to back to back and if your pussy smell like water and all that, it's like, dog, do you not understand how many people that may be in the LGBT community or people with HIV or AIDS that listen to your music? You are taking money out of your pocket because you can't shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. That's ignorant, dude. Let me be clear when I say this also. You do not have to subscribe to the LGBT community. You do not have to subscribe, but you do not have the right to disrespect anyone for their their race or sexual orientation. That's like, that's just in the basic 
common courtesy is to not slander people for no reason. Yeah. Let me be clear when I say this in regards to this podcast. Anyone who is gay, trans, LGBT, black, white, whatever you are, if you got HIV, AIDS, anyone who took the time to listen to the content that we put on here, we thank you for that. We know you could have been listening to anything else in the world, but you chose to be with us and listen to the content. And that is the problem that I have with the baby is you have so many fans that you feel like you could sacrifice some of them. Like you could say, oh, fuck y'all, I don't need the gay ones, but I got these over here. Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> people paid money to come see you. You yeah. are never bigger than the people that support you. You are never bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You can act like you are, but you're not. Because if they fucking stop supporting you, you're fucked. By the way, the LGBT community did not cancel him. The venues did. So yeah. the venues don't want to look like they are... Here's the thing, too. To be politically correct, there are a lot of people that don't subscribe to LGBT. There's a lot of people that don't. But because of this time frame, they will act as if they are allies because it is the politically correct thing to do. So instead of doing work with someone who has been openly homophobic, they're going to cancel your venue. This ain't the only one that's going to do it. It's going to happen over and over until the baby is gone because the baby's music also is like the movie Fast 9. We've heard the same songs a million fucking times, the same cadence, and it's getting tired anyways. He's on his way out. That's just my opinion. I think uh, it's hard to say for me as far as like the longevity of his career because um, he ain't talking about shit. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and his fan base is getting older. They if, like by the time they're thirty some, they don't want you to be like, huh? Top of the middle is gone. They tired of it. There's yeah, nothing that you're not J Cole, you're not Jay Z, you're not Nas. You don't talk about nothing. Yeah. So what? There's some substance when you get a little. You bit have older. no substance, and then you you was he twenty nine. I think so. And you still this dumb? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I, I, I think that, I, I don't know if he necessarily leans on controversy, but I think that he oftentimes doesn't care if he is controversial or not. Right. So even bringing Tory Lanez out, um, I think he got a shoe thrown at him after he brought him yeah, out. Yeah, he right? did. He said, who threw that motherfucking weak-ass Adidas? Yeah, Adidas, he, Adidas. He got good reflexes, though. It was, better than, it was just as good as George Bush's when they threw the shoe at him. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> That nigga, George Bush got Floyd Mayweather like reflexes. Yeah, George might be better though, because George slipped that shit like a punch. Yeah, it's and it probably was closer proximity because they were in like a little, like a little, yeah, like room or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't understand like why he feels the need to always be like in some mess. You know what I mean? Whether it's yeah. fighting, whether it's like even bringing Tory Lanes out and the way he brought him out with the mask and stuff like that. I just didn't understand. And you already know the temperature. You had you had a whole argument over social media with Meg Thee Stallion and right. all these kind of things are you know surrounding you supporting him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think he. I think in his mind. Because he's, you know, shot somebody and he's, uh, you know, he's still out free. He, he's not in prison or anything. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that, you know, he still has a career and he's he's beat up a lot of people. He doesn't, you know, hit hit women that try to put cameras in his face. It's, it's been so many different things. And I think he feels like he's untouchable in a sense. Yeah. And I think only now he may start, he may be starting to feel like some of that heat that um, it's, it's finally catching up to him. Because some of, like you can only hide for so long, or your music can only be so good for so long that it um, that people will kind of um, t- turn a blind 
eye to whatever things you're doing. Like even with R. Kelly, right? Like it took so many years for R. Kelly to finally be sitting in prison. So much urine. So much urine, you know. Yeah, so. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> what is he, in his 50s now? Yeah. Something like that. So he's in his 50s, and a lot of these things happened when he was in his 20s. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. So. But he was making so much good music that people just didn't really care. And I think that now, like, you know, with the baby, uh, with the baby, as far as like some of that momentum is starting to slow down a little bit. You know, the sh- uh, the Shugs, those type of songs ain't hitting the radio mm-hmm. as, as frequently. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think it's I think it's a perfect time and for everybody to kind of get to kind of get. uh um, canceled in a sense, but mm-hmm. I think I think he also thinks he's he's above above cancellation. Like yo, yeah. I don't need nobody. I got you. He probably believes in his mind that he got his core fan base. Mm-hmm. He could do whatever he wants to, um, but that's just not how entertainment works. Like it's no. so many powerful beings, and he talked about getting blackballed in the song. He's that the song that he released. Um, he's but one of the top artists, man. Huh? He's one of the top artists. Nobody's blackballing you, man. Yeah. You don't think he's, you don't think he's, uh, you don't think he can get. You think I think he, I think anyone can get blackballed, but yeah. I don't think he is. I don't. He didn't say he was blackballed. He said he he's something about fighting, or he he thought he was going to get blackballed. He didn't say he was blackballed. Yeah, well, if you didn't, I, here's the thing: if you're doing the wrong things and you think you're gonna get blackballed, you probably fucking deserve it. Yeah. If you're hitting people in a club and doing dumb shit. Of course you're going to deserve it. Let's be clear. In order, and here's the thing. The reason why I could make the statement of like, this guy does not is not going to have longevity is I don't hope his career goes south and then he's done. But being 36 years old, I've seen enough people with a buzz just like his that's disappeared in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That not, not even, they don't even last 10 years. They got like three to four hot years and then they done. Mm-hmm. Because you got to understand, his fan base is what, what, from what, high school to like, what, college or something? Yeah. Probably so. Probably right in there from the age of what, like sixteen, about twenty-three. Yeah, I don't see no thirty-plus people no. listening to the band. No, so your fan base has to grow with you. J. Cole, when he first started popping, when he first started really popping, his he had a, a, a fan base around the college age, yeah. and they grew older with him, and he still got them. Yeah, but J. Cole has actual substance to his music. We're both 36 years old, so he's made it that long to ha- having a career. Jay-Z, the same thing. Kendrick Lamar, the same thing. Kendrick Lamar is the best artist in the world at disappearing. The only thing you see him put out is his art, and he has no social media presence. You ain't going to catch him in paparazzi always doing something dumb. He mm-hmm. is just literally, he is like the Kawhi Leonard of hip-hop. Yeah. Because he just don't fuck with nobody like that. He just do his music and he done. Mm-hmm. But look at the baby. You don't have to do what he's doing. The controversy, stop leaning into this dumb shit. Yeah. That's how you know. I feel like, I was telling Keith earlier, I feel like God is a comedian. Because I feel God will intentionally bless somebody that's doing the wrong things and be like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to need that back. Yeah. I'm going to need that back, buddy. I'm going to need that back. And right now we're watching the unraveling of somebody who is so egotistical that he think he could talk about everybody. Yeah. Sometimes people don't take that hint. Like, no. This may be like a terrible analogy, but uh, earlier today I was, um, I was making some music on, on my computer um, and I had basically left. Uh, my hard drive and stuff plugged up, but I didn't shut down my computer. So, okay. like when I cut the my computer went to sleep, and then when I cut it back on, um, 
it was like yo the not recognizing this file and blah. It basically looked like it was it was a done deal. Like I didn't wow. have the song anymore, right? Fuck. But for the past few weeks, I I had already been thinking like, man, I need to back up my stuff because mm-hmm. if my my hard drive crashes and it's it's a done deal. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, like after that, I, I restarted my computer and I plugged it in and I saved my uh, stuff to my other hard drive, so I just have a backup of it. But I think like in that that was me learning my lesson, right? But I there think sometimes go. with the baby, he has so many chances. Like he has so many opportunities to look at his computer and the files didn't even look right or look like everything was gone, but he just ignored it and he ignored it and he ignored it and mm-hmm. he ignored it. And finally now it's like, you know, after all those fights, after punching people in the club, yep, after shooting. shooting people, after, you know, fighting the dude at Gucci and, and all this other stuff, like yeah. he didn't he didn't get it. You know what I mean? And um, I think now like he's everything is finally catching up to him and he's 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 reacting in a way we talked about like the privilege of like an elite athlete like mm-hmm. you know sometimes you'll play with a guy who you know you knew he was going d1 or you know he was you know he's bound for the nfl or whatever right, and right. he got away with so much stuff right like I, I and this is not to throw nobody under the bus i remember like philip thomas was injured right um and i was a i was probably like a freshman um and for those of you who don't, Philip Thomas, is, he went to Bakersfield High School out here. He went to Fresno State. He played in the NFL and stuff like that. But I remember seeing him as a freshman, and he's a top dog. He's like the best player in Bakersfield, right? He had hurt his ankle or something, but he was literally at practice sitting down on a chair getting his hair braided. Wow. So it's like, you know, and, and that, that type of... That type of look is not great for 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 a team atmosphere. No. But I'm saying like that's the baby. The baby is he's been mm-hmm. like the the top guy that kind of people just swept things under the rug, you know, you know. And we talked about it before. Like Dua Lipa did a Dua Lipa did a song with him after all this shooting, dumb shit fighting and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, other people, mine. you know, did songs with him and took him on tours and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, I think he's kind of like we were kind of comparing it to the athlete. He's kind of like. He's kind of like getting washed up in a sense, or like mm-hmm. there's a newer, there's new younger people, there's new artists that are coming out every day that are a little bit more cleaner. They don't have that right. history of fighting people and stuff like that, and people are starting to gravitate towards them. I thought you were going to say when you opened up your computer, it's going to be like the baby pop up, like let's go, nah. let's go. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like honestly, like I've lived long enough to see artists. That had the same buzz as him. Mm-hmm. That and the thing is not that they suck, it's that they're just not relevant. Like, let me give you some examples. Ludacris is dope. Ludacris is really good. Not relevant though. Mm-hmm. Nelly was dope. Not relevant. So even the great acts are not relevant. Yeah. Right. And you look at guy. And first of all, the baby ain't never been as great as Nelly. In regards for the space of like what they did over the span of their careers. Yeah. And but the baby is big, but not Nelly big. Nelly was huge. Nelly was fucking massive. Was super huge. Even Ludacris. Ludacris is massive, yeah. especially for that time. If you compare that time even to now, with now there's even more access. Still not bigger than Nelly, mm-hmm. and he's not relevant. So I just don't see the baby being relevant long term. And what I also realize is long term artists don't act like this. Like Jay-Z and all of them. Like Jay-Z is definitely a very confident guy. Come on, man. You got shit coming all over the ground. What are you doing, man? <laughs> What's going on with Keith, man? Keith's knocking shit down. 
It's got this big water jug, man. Come on, that's not even. We're not sponsored by that water jug, man. <laughs> I don't think they can see it on camera. Yeah, man. man you gotta. We gotta start getting some sponsors on this podcast. For, yeah, man. Facts. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of water on this podcast, so. Yeah, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna keep sponsoring people for free, man. Exactly. The Los Angeles Dodgers are gonna have to fucking pay me from now. I'm tired <laughs> of this shit. Okay, you guys got back. You got Albert Pujols. You could pay him money. You could pay me. Okay. <laughs> That'd be wild. Like you, have, you ever heard like Jay Z? He always said like I made the New York Yankee fitted more famous than the Yankees did. Oh, yeah, I remember that, but that's yeah. a, that's a false statement. <clears throat> Not literally. It's just it's just a rap bar. But oh, yeah. you know, it, it it is interesting to think like people, even like hoods. Like you could think of, like hoods in L.A. They wear certain hats. Yes, and they stuff do. Like that, you know. So it'd be like sometimes it is not even connected to baseball at all. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I guess the uh, uh, Rolling Sixties, like I think Nipsey said, I think they wore the Seattle Mariners one. Yeah, and you know they wear. Yeah, and they wear. Um, I think they also wear uh, New York Yankee hats too. You know, be fucked up though. Like, what if you're just a guy? You just you just love baseball. You're a collector because I had a bunch of fucking baseball hats in in high school. Yeah. And imagine if you just you end up in LA, you gotta he's like, Hey cuz, hey, hey, what you doing over here? He'd be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know where to get nah nigga hey get out the car, cuz you can't be wearing that hat around here. He'd be like, What? That that that's I you know, LA is cool, but that is a the trash part about LA yeah. is you got to be so mindful of what you're wearing. Your you can't hat, even wear pink, bro. Shoes, all kind of stuff. You can't even wear pink in LA. Like gay crip, nigga, gay crip. <laughs> <laughs> LGBT crip, nigga. <laughs> like I can't wear a pink shirt. What the That's fuck? That's crazy. This is crazy, man. <laughs> Remember when Kanye made it cool to wear pink? Yeah, Kanye, dude. Ka- was it Kanye or Cameron? Oh fuck. Oh my god, that's a good one. Fuck, who did it first? Damn, it might have been Cam, bro. It might have been Cam. It might have been Cam. Cam did bro. it over the top though. Od with the with yeah. the pink. What do you have? A Jeep or yeah, like a, he had a pink Range Rover. A pink Range Rover, yeah. And he had like a um, a big ass sweater on. Yeah, big that fur. mink fur with the, yeah. That mug was crazy. I want a schoolie schoolie. I'm gonna do me do me. I'm gonna do me do me. <laughs> Cameron was fucking dope You need to listen to those lyrics You might just hear that And be like What is that But he's yeah. dope He had like those multi, Multi-syllables Yeah The baby lazy Raby crazy Shady lady <laughs> She wanna give me rabies <laughs> <laughs> Like that shit wild yo Yeah Cam was dope But Cam, like Kanye came with a certain energy back then was so that was so crazy. Like he had the slit shades, you know, the shades with the slits in them. Yeah, he was he was rocking that. Nobody knew what that was about. He had people wearing those. Yeah, I think Kanye uh, more than probably any artist ever. Like he he really made um, he really made himself a brand. There was yes, a lot did. of people that was just good at it's people that was just good at rapping. Like they mm-hmm. could rap for five minutes straight, straight, but. Kanye, he made good music. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fashionable. Like he turned himself into a brand. He partnered yes, he with, with different companies and stuff yes, like that. Did. And that propels him to be like to 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 right now, like still be relevant. People still care to listen to his new album. You know what Bro, I mean? Bro, if we gonna have that conversation, we gotta keep it real. And y'all could laugh at this all you want, but one of the goats in regards to like originality and somewhat still staying relevant today and having a whole wave of stuff is Soldier Boy. 
Oh, for sure, yeah. Soldier Boy yeah. is definitely in that in that regard is one of the goats. I'm not saying like he the one of the greatest rappers ever, but like when he came on the scene, he had those chains that was made of rubber bands, mm-hmm. and I seen everybody doing that. Then he was also wearing those Kanye shades with the slits on them. Mm-hmm. He started wearing them after Kanye had them out. Yeah. He was wearing the super tall T-shirts. Everybody oh, was rocking geez. those. Yeah. Super big pants. Like that shit. Being a, being a internet artist. Yes. He was like at the forefront of that too. Yeah. Bathing MySpace. apes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They start rocking the bathing apes and the motherfuckers was buying bathing apes. Yeah. So it's like. He just knows that he has a, uh, he has his pulse on the internet. He yeah. knows exactly what to do. Um, yeah. Soldier Boys, and he he had two songs that low key. I don't know if they charted, but he had one. He had that uh, Soldier, uh, she make it clap. Yeah, clap, clap, clap song. That it one. definitely went viral as far as yeah. TikTok goes. And he had another one after that. It's uh, Rick and Morty. It sound kind of like Make It Clap. Not really. But oh, it's, it's a different one. Yeah, it's just different. But uh-huh. it, I don't I don't like it. But it's like Rick and Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. That's yeah. like pretty much what it says the whole time. Mm-hmm. Rick, 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 yeah. Rick, Rick. You ain't yeah. heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? But it, it was funny is, is he's what? Is he only like a two years older than you? He's like 32, 31? I don't know how old Soldier Boy is. Soldier Boy ain't very old. But he is slowly turning into a skeleton. It's fucking strange. Yeah, that's that, that good cocaina. Skeleton Boy, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gucci bandana. Anorexic Boy, tell him. <laughs> Cocaine head, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what he's taking, dude. But fuck. So that was, uh, you know, you never really, you're never going to get that full story as far right. as like, mm-hmm. you know, you're never going to get that full story as far as like who's doing what because no one is ever going to admit to doing drugs. No. Nah. Um, but you see guys like Soldier Boy, like the high cheekbones, they face be all oh sucked in. Oh my god. You see like guys like Chris Brown, they face be all sucked in and stuff like that. Um, I and, and I personally heard of, um, and this is still third party information, but mm-hmm. being at certain people being at certain parties in LA with musicians and artists and actors and stuff like that, and them just like freely doing coke at the party, like yeah, yeah, man, the album party is so dope, man. Yeah, they walk around. I seen some people with white shit. I used back when I was in college, it was so many people doing coke. I used to see people walk around with just nose just white. Yeah. It's so funny to see these people that did a lot of coke back in the day, uh-huh. and then like now they're like moms and dads, and they're posting pictures of their kids, and he's like, yeah. "Damn, you were fucking cokehead Cody back in college." Yeah, I remember being <laughs> at a at a function, and uh, like the it basically these two dudes that kind of like dipped off for a little bit, didn't know exactly where they was, and then they just come back, and then you know that numbing feeling that you get like from it. So they was like, "I never did it." I mean, it's, it's I, in general. I never did it either. But, you know, they're just kind of like feeling their face and, you know, kind of like trying to feel their face because of that numbing feeling. So, yeah, I've definitely been in spaces like that. You'd be like, damn, these people are crazy. Yeah, there's that. Well, I feel like we've uh, exited the little bit, the, the, the baby conversation mm-hmm. quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I hope anybody that's trying to achieve anything in content creation or art. You do not do what this guy is doing because you're going to encounter a good amount of people who are gay or lesbian in the content creation space yeah. because they tend to gravitate to the arts, right? Yeah. So in, in, in any way, shape, or form, do you need to be insulting gay people? Yeah. Or, even, or people with HIV, man. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, you know how much money he got in HIV and gay support? Let's make first of all, let's make that shit separate. Mm. Like, 
people with HIV and AIDS or people who are in LGBT or just women or whatever, he's gotten so much money and support from people mm-hmm. who have those specific, specific situations and he's squandering it. But yeah, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Switching gears. Exercise your right to walk away. I seen a TikTok that reminded me of this conversation and it went something like this. Um, uh, the guy, it was a guy saying like, you know, I tell my wife, uh, oh no, he said, I tell my girl, you know, I don't like when she wears this or certain stuff. I tell her she can't wear certain stuff. I tell her she can't go to certain clubs. She can't do certain stuff, you know, and you know, she got to respect that. If she don't, then whatever. And I thought about it and I was like, I get it. Like in, in relationships, there's certain compromises. You have to express what makes you feel uncomfortable. That's completely understandable. But then I looked at the comments and the guys were like, yeah, you got to check these women, man. You can't be letting women do this and that. And the third. And then I thought about it. And I was like, I kind of disagree because you cannot tell women what to wear. You cannot tell women what, 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 what to do or where to go. Right. You don't have the right to do any of those things, but you do have the right to walk away. And I think that more people need to exercise the right to walk away because let's just say that you don't want your girl wearing that blouse because she has huge tits. And when she walks out, their tits shaking and her nipples about to come out. And you don't like the type of attention that brings to your relationship. So you tell your wife, oh, don't wear that. Or your girl, you tell your girl, not even going to say wife, you tell your girl, don't wear that. So she stops doing it. But what if having her titties out makes her happy? What if her being half naked makes her happy? And let's say that she sacrifices that for you. And as the relationship goes on, you're happy. You love her, but she's fucking miserable Mm -hmm. because she wishes she could go out and show her body off. And because she can't do that, there's a certain amount of selfishness there. So I think, honestly, you are better off finding a person that's willing to make that that compromise seamlessly instead of someone who would probably be fucking miserable otherwise. So it's, sometimes it's better to just walk away mm-hmm. than, than to try to tell somebody what they can do or what they can wear. Yeah. That's just, that's just a thought of mine. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes, too, like those type of conversations can build resentment. Right, yeah. Because you, you got to look. There's a historical context to, to people. And, you know, you know, prior to being in relationship with you, there was a relationship that they had with uh, their brother. There was a relationship they had with their parents. There's a relationship they might have been in with, uh, you know, just different people, uh, romantic relationships. So sometimes like you saying, hey, um, I would like it if you didn't have your titties out when you know, go into the grocery store or mm-hmm. when you're around my family and stuff like that. It, it kind of right. it kind of puts me on edge and it makes me feel weird. Yeah. Um, she may look at that as like you controlling her. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? So like exactly like you said, in order to avoid all of this like converse, conversation and, and stuff like that, yeah, you could just walk away. There, there, there can be a conversation if she's willing to say like, hey, I understand like, you know, I, I, like, I do like this dress and I like the way it, um, it fits on me and stuff like that. But, you know, if it makes you feel this way, then I'll, I'll stop wearing it. Boom. Right. But if it's, if, it's a, if it's some sort of argument like, oh, you're just trying to control me like my last boyfriend. Then that's mm-hmm. when you just need to you, know, you need to walk off. Yeah. I don't think that it should even a relationship should even form if you see this as a problem. I don't need you having your titties out around my family. That's just embarrassing to me. Yeah, I, I just couldn't. And the thing about it is, is I'm not saying that like out of oh, you know, I'm trying to control what women to do. But yes, I'm the type of guy where it makes me uncomfortable if I'm with a woman that is always showing her body. 
right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me insecure, but I am secure enough as a man to say, I'd rather walk away because I could see this being a huge problem down the road. And I think that there is a man that is okay with you doing that. Yeah. I'm not, mm-hmm. right? I'm not okay with that, you know, and that's a deal breaker. And even if the girl is awesome, I mean, she could be awesome across the board, but there's certain things like the type of that, the type of energy that you bring to the relationship by going out and your breasts, you look very available. Yeah. Like your titties look like suck on me. Like that's how you look when you go into the, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, that a lot of uh, women see a problem with it. They just think like, it's my body. I wear what I want. That's fine. But if there was a comparable situation with your husband, would you have a problem with that? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I just think that honestly, um, as men, you shouldn't be in a position where you're telling women what to do. If there's a compromise, that's a little different. Yeah. Because now it's like the person trying to meet you halfway and say, look, I'm sorry if it made you feel that way. And look, I'm doing the work. I'm not going to do that. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but why would like there's an athlete. I'm not going to say who it is, but there's an athlete and him and his wife get on Instagram. and She's always fucking like half naked titties just hanging out. Her always in a G string, always naked. And then I seen a video with him and his family and his wife in a photo and her tits just hanging out. And I'm like, that is inappropriate. I don't need you around uncles and aunts and grandparents and kids with your titties out. That's so weird. That's weird. Why do you always need to be like that? Yeah. That's like a motherfucker always being drunk. And you're like, yo, I'm tired of you drinking all the time. (laughs) You you always drunk in front of my family. You drunk in public. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. there are women who are dealing with alcoholic boyfriends. Yeah. And they're tired of it. Mm-hmm. I know some women that be like, look, I love my husband or I love my boyfriend, but this motherfucker doesn't stop drinking. He drink, he's drunk around my parents. He's drunk in the, in the public. He's drunk at work. Like, I can't do this no more. Yeah. Sometimes you got to walk away. Yeah, that's real. That, that's a, that's a, a, a powerful thing. I think that, you know, especially when you in it, in it right. you think that, you know, not that <clears throat> you necessarily uh, need to change your partner, but you're, right. you're asking them of things that may be more beneficial to you. Yeah. But once you realize that they're not willing to compromise or they're not willing to, to change anything, or they may be willing to do it, but they're not actually putting like enough effort into to making the changes or yeah. you're not seeing enough progress in yeah, that's it. You know, the things and you just gotta, you just gotta walk to away. To be honest too, that like we mentioned a long time ago on a podcast, there's not enough fear I think what I mean by that, there's not enough fear in relationships, not only from like a, uh, you know, like a, um, uh, uh, like, a re- like a marriage or relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, like friendships, too, whereas people like, hey, I wouldn't want to do this because I'm in I'm I'm in fear that I would sacrifice our relationship if I did this. Yeah. And there's not enough fear. People will. You could tell them, look, babe, I don't feel comfortable when you wear that. You half naked out there going to the club. And they say, you know what? I'm sorry. I ain't doing that. And then they do it again. They don't have a fear of losing you. Yeah. That's somebody you got to get rid of because now they just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just do me anyways. But the problem is, is you will never get another me. Like a lot of times when people are trying to say, hey, look, I don't like when that when you do that or whatever the case and it makes them feel fucked up. Don't keep doing it because now what you're sending them a subliminal message where it's like, look, I love you, but not enough to stop what the fuck I really want to do. Yeah. And that's a problem that that you got to cut that bullshit out. If your wife say, look, I don't feel comfortable with you drinking with your buddies because they get too drunk and they can get you in a situation. So if you could please get back home by 8 p.m., that would be great. 
if you agree with if you agree to that with your wife and say, you know what, I'm gonna be back on time, and then you come back on time at eight or around eight each time for the past for the next couple months, and now you coming back at two in the morning, mm-hmm. you don't care enough about your wife. You don't care. You're not you, you're not in fear of losing her. You're not in fear of losing your wife because your wife she told your stupid ass to stop coming back at two a.m. Mm-hmm. and you kept doing it, and now she's like, you know what. I told you about this numerous times. I'm not willing to go through this anymore. I got we, we, this is over. I can't do this. Yeah, that's real. I think I think we we as people in relationships and like you said, it's not even romantic all the yeah. time. Just in re- friendships and stuff like that. We 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 need to have a little bit of a shorter leash on, on yeah. these type of things because sometimes like people will people will marry somebody that they're already dealing with these type of problems with. You know what I mean? Like they may be marrying someone that. They know that their uh, wife likes to be um, likes to dress very provocative, and it bothers them, bothers them on the inside. But maybe they're kind of like taking a um, you know not really paying attention to that much or ignoring the red flags or flags or whatever. But I think what people need to be more mindful of is that the stuff that is. Um, that you know, may, you may deem like uh, a red flag or something like that. When you ignore it, when you're feeling good, it's pretty easy. Like right. everything's high. You guys mm-hmm. are good. Taking trips, going to the beach, yep. going to you know traveling and stuff like that. But at that moment, when all those negative things or all those things that you don't like about your partner start to pile on, and then you're already married or you're you're already in this long term relationship. Then uh, you kind of not that you're stuck, but you're 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 more in it. You know what I mean? It's, exactly. it's a lot less. I mean, it's it's a lot more difficult to get a divorce than it is to just break up with somebody. You have a lot invested. Yeah, you have so much invested that now you're like, fuck. Like, what do I do now? I think it's important for people to stop having fear. Like, stop having so much fear. Like, if if I was to find a woman that I genuinely liked a lot, but I seen some behaviors that I just know that like. That's how she is. That's how she that's what she does. I would at that moment, I would have to choose to accept that or to leave it alone. And no one in this world is perfect and no one's going to be exactly the way you want them to be. But you have to make the determination if you're willing to stick around because, dog, you do not want to inconvenience yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put you don't want somebody that's going to add stress to your life. We all have a certain amount of stress already, but you don't want somebody that's got a, that's got you wondering like, man, my wife wore that short blouse, and each time she gets half naked like that, she's always gone an extra four hours. Yeah, like what's going on? Yeah, you don't know what people are doing. You mm-hmm. just you don't know. So I think that the person you're with should give you a peace of mind, not a not a not a piece of fucking anger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. that's not okay, man. That's one thing we talked about that like the lack of care for men's uh mental health and stuff like that sometimes like you know we um i guess our how we express the concerns about our worries or stresses or whatever it may not be as like transparent as women or something like that but even in that situation like if a guy is telling his girl like hey can you you know i I understand that you know, you, you like wearing these things and these things, you know, it's, it looks good on you. I like it even, but you know, it, it, it stresses me out when you're around my family with your titties and stuff out. Like my, yeah. my little cousin is around and stuff like that. Or, you yeah. know, my uncle is around and stuff like that. Or my grandma is looking at you a certain way, Yeah, whatever the case may be. Um, and oftentimes that type of thing is ignored because he's a man, you know what I mean? Not, not even that though, too. 
I feel like these conversations, just to have these conversations, is like, you, you, I shouldn't even be with you. If I got to tell you that it's not okay to have your titties out around my grandparents, yeah. then why the fuck are we together? That's crazy. Like, look here, we could, we could sit here and, and talk all day about this, and there'll be some people that say, here's the thing. This is where the whole liberal and right-wing ideology play into all these conversations because mm-hmm. the extremely liberal response is like, it does not matter what a woman wears. She can be naked, but she should be respected, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get that. But here's the problem. When you go to a job interview, you can't go naked. Yeah. You want that job? You can't go naked. Okay, you got to put some fucking clothes on. So two things are very true. Yeah, you know, you no matter what, you you can't go to a professional job for an interview and your titties is hanging out like that. Yeah, there's nowhere you could go. This is simply people just normalizing attention. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's just normalizing this abnormal amount of attention, and this shit really happened from social media. Because if you did this back in the day, if you was a person that walked around half naked all the time back in the day, it'd be it'd be everybody like, hey, what are you doing? The the one, you know what I hate the most? Mm-hmm. Not the most, but it's just something that um, I've been, like I've brought up in conversations is like those type of people. Like, so, hey, like, you know, you can't tell women what to wear and they should, if a woman wants to walk around, like for me, it was like college campuses or whatever. If a woman wants to walk around the college campus with a bikini on, she should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, well, would you do that? And then they'll be like, no, but you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you're not even, you know, you wouldn't even do that type of thing. Right, you you want to be this huge, like cheerleader Advocate. for that type of stuff. Yeah. So. I've had a conversation on a few occasions, like I'm talking to a woman and I'm doing my best to just only look her in her eyes, only. Talk to her as a regular adult or human being, but the truth is she has a thin white t-shirt on that is see-through with nipple rings and you can see her fucking nipples through her shirt. Mm -hmm. And, And it's like... Am I objectifying by seeing this? Mm-hmm. Am I objectifying her by looking at her titties? Or am I just, is it a basic human response? I think she wants you to look, right? I mean, but the, here's the thing, though. I can't say that because they would say, well, you know, she's not doing it for you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, yo, that's a basic human response for me to look. Yeah. Like, I'm trying my best to be respectful and look at you in the eyes, but your titties are so big and yeah. your nipples are so big and you got nipple rings in them, and I'm looking you in the eyes as an adult, but your breasts are out, and it's like, I'm conflicted here. What if her eyes aren't that pretty? Well, it's not even that. It's like a basic conversation, Keith. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, like, if you you got two options, and you just got regular brown (laughs) eyes, dark brown eyes, and then you got some big old titties down here, (laughs) what you supposed to look at? I'm looking at them brown nipples. Pretty round nipples. <laughs> and you know what's funny too is girls nowadays do they have them huge nipple piercings? Like yeah. one piercing is like this huge. Uh-huh. And you're just like, my God, like this is definitely for attention. Mm-hmm. It just and it just bleeds into so yeah, much. Ha- I mean the if you're not wearing a bra, I think there is an attention seeking aspect to it. Yeah. I, I understand that girls do believe that or that girls um, understand that wearing a bra may be uncomfortable for them and you know just you feel like kind of constricted or whatever and it feels better to Mm -hmm. you know just let them hang but um when you go into public and you know with the understanding that 
there's a uh, attention seeking aspect to it. Like nipples just draw attention. Like yes. you could be, you could be, you know, like I, I remember once we were in LA, um, me and Freddie actually, and some girl, she was just riding a scooter and she had a white t-shirt on and just some big old titties and she didn't have no bra on and it was just, you know, flowing in the wind or whatever. Um, and that's, it's just so like, it just draws so much attention. Yeah. You know? so. And I think to be, to make it relative, if I'm walking around with gray, gray sweatpants on and my print is showing really bad, mm-hmm. women are like, women are going to notice it. Mm-hmm. It's very well known that women be looking at men's prints in their pants. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. So if you got your print showing and they see it, you may not even be fully aware of it mm-hmm. or you could be kind of aware like, okay, I have a uh, gray sweatpants. Um, I got a nice size penis. Why am I doing this? You know what I'm saying? Or I got gray sweatpants on. I might be showing more than what I'm supposed to show. You know, you just are, you have some form of awareness mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, somebody might see this. Mm-hmm. And I think the other people are the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, if, if, and this is for men and women, if you see something that could potentially be a deal breaker, just walk away. Mm-hmm. Don't stick around because yeah. you're going to cause more agony mm-hmm. um, and more wasted time to that shit. Yeah. And, it, you know, and, and like you said, that those compromises tend to, you know, um, that's that's something like you said, sometimes those compromises could be somebody compromising something that actually makes them happy. Like maybe yeah. that person lost a lot of weight and they just like, yo, it makes me really that's happy true. To, to be out here and just, you know, letting my body. That's a great point, Keith. That's probably the number one point on on this whole thing is there are some women who have worked hard and they probably were overweight at one time and they worked hard on their body. And now they, they, they show up to the gym or they go to different places with really tight leggings, high-waisted leggings mm-hmm. to show their butt off, to show their breast off, to show their body off because they've probably mm-hmm. never been proud of their body like that. I know mm-hmm. some girls that have done that. Yeah. Like they're really timid and very quiet and they're a little bigger or whatever. And then they just bust their ass. They lose a bunch of weight. And now they just got a bunch of thirst traps all Mm -hmm. over the Internet. Mm -hmm. And then you got a bunch of dudes because men, men just men mainly think with their dicks. Not all of us. Um, I'm guilty of it at a time. But uh, (laughs) I think with my head. Yeah, I use my actual brain now. Mm -hmm. But a lot of men just be like, damn, girl, you know, in her DMs. And that's the first time she's getting all that type of attention. Yeah. So this, a lot of this shit is new. And sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes a habit. And, and sometimes women are not doing it intentionally. They might find a decent dude, but they've been having their titties out for so long now that it's just what they do. Yeah, yeah. But but I think with that, like, you know, it's it's uh, it's important to walk away. But I would, su- I would suggest having a conversation about it beforehand. Because yeah. it, if, you know, there's for love or, you know, for, you know, loving your partner or whatever you're willing to, some people are willing to compromise certain things. But if you, if you never had that conversation and you just walked away, then you might miss out on, you know, somebody you genuinely, genuinely like. That's true. You you definitely got to have that conversation for Mm -hmm. sure. Then afterwards, evaluate whether it's worth staying or going. Yeah. Leave. All right. Uh, Switching gears. Um, what do you have to offer? I've seen some other TikToks of men talking about women saying, like, what do you have to offer besides looks? What do you have to offer? And I was thinking, like, okay, look, right? Um, there's, a, there's some men saying this. And I'll say this. There are a lot of women who are sexually attractive, and that's all they really have to do. But I can't blame women for that. A lot of men are to blame for that, and that's because men don't really have expectations, all they do is they see the next hot piece of ass and be like, oh, oh, yeah, she's hot. And then you marry her. Mm-hmm. What does she really have to do to earn anything? 
And there's a lot of men that do this. There's some of us that want substance. We want a woman that's self-reliant that could do certain stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of men don't require anything of women. And a lot of women understand that. So when they are sexually attractive and they just post pictures of themselves, that's why it could be a regular girl that works at fucking Arby's that has a hot ass and she's pretty and she'll have... 75,000 followers because yeah. you got a bunch of horny zombie men that that's all she needs to do is be hot and they'll gravitate to her. Yeah. And women know that about us. Mm -hmm. They know that about us. So there's a group of us men that are like, yo, she got to be able to do more. But there is a large, I would, I don't know, if, I would call it the majority probably. Mm -hmm. I would say a majority of men do not have real expectations of women. Mm -hmm. They really don't. And I'm not generalizing women as if they all they got is a hot ass. But at the same time, there's a majority of men that don't have any expectations. But then it'd be the same dudes that turn around and be like, oh, man, what she got to offer me? It's like, bro, you didn't set the expectations from day one. Mm -hmm. All she had was a, a pretty face and a nice body. And that was all the fuck you needed at the moment. Now you want her to upgrade. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> At that point, it's almost too late. I, you know, um, especially like I guess people that are that are in our inner circle or people right. that you know that probably listen to the podcast. They probably are like mid twenties to mm -hmm. you know mid thirties. Um, and people, by the time you meet a lot of these people, they already said in their ways. So these these are guys that are trying to uh, go for the looks first and then you want them to get a career and then you want them to go to college and then you it's want them it's like it doesn't man. it doesn't really work like that nah, these people are already that. setting their ways and yeah. i was telling eddie this earlier like when you um i had this idea about uh sports and like high school athletes and stuff like that um there's a couple guys i know um like academically they weren't that strong like mm. you know ever since elementary school like they always struggled um just they weren't just the smartest people right and um, but they were really, really, really good athletes. And for the majority of their career, they, they made enough grades to play sports or whatever. But in no way, shape or form were they ever going to be a, like a lawyer or a doctor or anything. They just kind of like went to school to play, yeah. to play sports. Um, and I had to switch my think. I kind of switched my thinking on that because I think that they were um, almost doing themselves a disservice to try to put so much time and effort into academics when they were only when their best bet at being successful was going to be professional football, professional basketball, whatever sure. the case may be. So I think that those people needed to kind of like change the tune. And like, I think more of those people need to kind of like, hey, I'm going to get I'm going to get a B or a C in this class. And I'm, that's the bare minimum. But, but the rest of my time, I'm going to be running stadiums. I'm going to be shooting basketballs. Sure. I'm going to be doing dribbling drills and stuff like that. So I think there's a community of women that really understand out there that, first of all, like, let's say that the, the comparable situation is like getting a, uh, a millionaire or getting a successful person uh, to them is, uh, is their professional sports or whatever. Yeah. I think that a lot of them have kind of came to the understanding that um, I need to put as much effort as I can into my makeup you know, my skincare, my, you know, going to the gym or taking the best pictures or, you know, trying to become a model because that's the only way that I will be successful. I don't have enough skills outside of looking good or enough brains outside of looking good to really move the needle in any other aspect in life. But um, because this is a, and like you said, this is a thing that, that men set up, men set this 
we created this world because we are giving so much attention to the Instagram model that just looks good. Like she may, we don't even know what her voice sounds like, but we know she got a fat ass. So we're going to, you know, we're going to hit the like button on that. But yeah, it's just like a, a world that, that men created and the women are, they're only like, you know, kind of falling in line with what men have, uh, have put out there. But I think that if, if we as men, if we started to put more stock into other things outside of looks, then the women would have to adapt. You know what I mean? If, if men were out here and we were like, yo, excuse me, I don't care. I don't care how good you look. Um, you know, I don't care. If you, you know, you got this color eyes. I don't care if you got a fat ass. I just care about your mental health. Like, have you dealt with your traumas? Have you dealt with, um, have you seen a therapist? Have you dealt with all these different things that you have going on in your life? And we start, we start prepping, uh, propping that up. Like we yeah. do like these, these looks, right. And then it'd be a bunch of women on Instagram. Right. Like, Hey, just see my therapist today. Yeah, right. You go. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But men either do a good job at leading or a bad one. In a lot of ways we do a fucked up job. Mm-hmm. So we can't turn around and say, oh, man, like this is all she's doing. We have literally turned into zombies, bro. Mm-hmm. We have turned into zombies for beautiful women. You look at Instagram, any woman that looks good, just a nobody. She doesn't have anything going on. She's just not a professional or anything. She doesn't knit. She doesn't sew. She doesn't cook. Mm-hmm. She's not an athlete. Nothing. All she has to be is just a Joe Blow that's pretty, and she'll have 150,000 followers. Yeah. And that's men doing that shit. That's not her doing it. She knows that she can control. A lot of men get controlled too, just like um, th- that girl uh, Brittany Renner. She just had. A, she got pregnant by a basketball that player. Basketball, yeah. You seen it? Mm-hmm. I guess she broke up with him. I think. Oh, what I, I seen. I know. She got a baby out of him, didn't she? Yeah. So now she getting child support, mm-hmm. but it's fucked up because her. She leveraged her looks, and this is fucked up. What I'm about to say is like, can I really be mad at someone that leveraged their looks to get what they want? That if that's the asset that they have to do it, it's it, a privilege, huh? It's a privilege. It's pretty privilege. Pretty, pretty privilege pretty exists. Privilege. That's the name of the pot. Yeah, it's pretty privilege. It's mm-hmm. it's a real thing. We can sit there and act like it's not, mm-hmm. but women know this shit internally. Like when they go to a club, they don't expect to pay because if I have really nice tits and I'm very pretty and I go up to the front. The owners usually let me walk right in without paying a dime. When mm-hmm. I go to the bar, when I go to the fucking um, to the bar and I sit there for about five minutes, I'm so pretty that I got four or five dudes coming up to buy me drinks. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That is a fact. And a lot of women understand that, but it ain't their fault. It's men. It's, it's a collaborative, but it's mainly men out here that are succumbing to this shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's not going to change until men actually say, look, I'm not like when I see a woman that's beautiful, got a nice booty, whatever, I acknowledge it. I'm like, hmm. She's sexy. And I go on about my business. Yeah. We don't have no we, we don't have no reason to even coexist. I don't try to make up conversations with women that I find that are attractive. I don't try to make hey, my name is out of I don't walk up to women and do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, my name is Eddie. I just want to let you know that you're very beautiful. Fuck no. Yeah. You don't even deserve a compliment from me. I don't fucking know you. Yeah. I don't even compliment women unless it's necessary. Because uh-huh. there's so many women have told it's so many men. That have told women they are beautiful for no reason. It's pointless to ever fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many dudes that walk up to women and say, "I just want to let you know that you're so, so beautiful." It doesn't even mean anything to her anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to her anymore because so many men have abused it. And here's the thing that men fuck up too. Men think 
that because they tell a woman something nice, she's supposed to be shocked by it. Yeah. You think she ain't never heard that shit before? Or give you some sort of attention. Just or give you attention. Something. I just think you're so beautiful. My name is Gabriel. She'd be like, oh, okay, Gabriel, thank you. And walk <laughs> right the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Because truth be told, too, even these super hot, beautiful girls, the, the men that these women want to fuck oftentimes don't even realize they exist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so don't be fooled. Don't be thinking that these, these women get hit on by a bunch of dudes. But, regular dudes. But I, regular dudes, but the, the hot girls, they don't like at least 95% of these dudes, they don't like these dudes. Because, because they realize that their looks um, can get them, put in, them in, doors. in an elite, yeah, in yeah. A, an elite category. Like they're, right. especially if you live in, in a certain space, like yeah. if you're living in, uh, in Atlanta you or live in LA, LA, yeah, somewhere like that. Like just the proximity and, you know, how thirsty a lot of these, you know, famous people be. You know, you could be in a club where mm-hmm. Chris Brown is in a VIP section or somebody like that coming hey, in. Hey, come down here. Yep. It's that easy. That's that easy. And we, and we know, and there's people here from Bakersfield that, mm-hmm. Have dated certain artists, or you know, came in contact, been chilling in the studio. Yeah. With certain, you like, yo, how did such and such get in? I, like, Blueface's uh, ex girlfriend was from out here. Yeah, she went to school with my younger brother. Yeah, so. I know. I know a chick that fucked somebody that played for the Dodgers. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. All, like all these women, like re- even some just regular women, they have access when they look above average. Mm-hmm. They they get in certain doors. Yeah, like it's a different world. Being a pretty woman is a it's a whole nother experience. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to be a lot of women that might listen and say, oh, my God, like, you guys are just objectifying and you're not being honest. But, like, I've seen girls that just regular that is hanging out with, like, that had sex with members of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, <laughs> like, literally, like, they, they, they have girls come backstage with them yeah, just because the girls are hot. They don't have no other... Um, what What's the word? Other, like, uh, was it prerequisite or anything else? It's yeah. just she's hot. That's all she needed. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. I I think, you know, on some level we have a, you know, a, a similar story. There's probably some girls that we might have smashed in our history where it was just like she don't even deserve like, you know, that type of energy from me, but right. she did look good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um at least famous podcasters these days. Yep, super famous podcasters. The number one podcast in America right now. <laughs> last, hey, the last episode got like seventy six views, dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the, the the most recent one. I don't. It didn't it get that many. Like that. <laughs> went up there like that. Ebbs and flows, man. Ebbs and yeah, flows. Yeah, we're gonna take our time, man. We're gonna take these ass whoopings for a while on YouTube yeah. before this shit really starts going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you, you have to understand that the, that the podcasting is extremely oversaturated. There's a lot of people just like me and you that you know we feel that we're talented we're up to mm-hmm. the task we show up every week we've been doing it we feel like we entertain our listeners yeah but there's other people like that on the internet also and you just gotta wait your turn man yeah, yeah. you know but once we get our turn we're on we're on like donkey Kong. we're not gonna yeah. fuck it up like the baby yeah it's gonna be lovely it's gonna be lovely man that, that's the thing like and um you know kind of to that point about like fumbling the bag in a sense mm-hmm. you have to you almost have to like um uh, what they call it, like monitor yourself in yeah. real time. You know what I mean? It, it, we 
we live in a in a day and age where we don't have as many opportunities to screw up because everything is documented. So, you know, when we on this podcast, you know, in an interview or, you know, if we end up on a radio show, whatever the case may be, we have to put ourselves in a space to where we are really like in real time, like, okay, this is, we can't say that. We can't say that. We can't say, obviously we joke a lot on this podcast about different ethnicities and cultures and sexualities and stuff like that. But um, when it comes down to the real, real conversations, um, very rarely will you catch us saying something uh, overtly disrespectful to right. somebody. Very true. Mm-hmm. Well, looks like we're about to wrap uh, th- this one up. Where we at, man? Uh, 131. 131. We got one more. We got to go with the, the next one, the Matt Damon joint. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This, this this heat is affecting my. Oh my health. goodness! We the, the <laughs> we this is this is the extent that we go to make sure that our <laughs> listeners can get the the best quality uh, audio visual stuff that we can do as of now because we're gonna upgrade all this shit. But right now we have the AC turned off, so you know there's no extra like sound and reverb and all that. Mm-hmm. And we are fucking melting in here. Yeah, it's hot as hell. But this is what we do for our listeners. We care enough to not have that, all these noises. I eat, look, look here. The, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to shit on any other podcast. But a lot of you guys just out in the podcast world, stop fucking around with everything. Turn your fucking TVs off in the background. Turn off all those noises. Stop letting people walk in the middle of your podcast and talk and. Like stop it There are people that are Taking their time Out of their day To listen to you So do your due diligence And make sure You make it easier For them To listen to your content Because it matters It matters that If a person took Five minutes out of their day I at least want them To understand What I'm saying Yeah They should be able to Like and, and And it's my job To enunciate the words Properly And not stumble over my shit Yeah You know So look I don't want to go on a tangent But like please Do a better job. Like, there's some podcasts from people that are, like, really big. I'm talking about people that get paid a lot of money to do content, and their shit is not even sounding better than ours. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Who's doing your production? Yeah, we just two regular dudes. Yeah. You know, I ain't got no... We ain't got no degrees in engineering or, you know, whatever. We just kind of figured it all out. Bro, and this is no slight to Terrell Owens. I I intend on probably having a conversation with him one day. But, dude, if somehow you come across this content, your content on your podcast, it sounds like somebody is kicking your ass. Why are you trying to talk, man? What you mean? His podcast, I think it's called Get Your Popcorn Ready. I heard it. The content, it just sounds bad. Yeah. Oh, the quality of the audio the quality sound. of it is yeah. bad, man. And that's yeah. in no way, shape, or form because you. This is YouTube. This shit could end up somewhere. Yeah. Right. So, with truth be told, I think Terrell's an awesome guy. He has a decent story, but on there, it's just like, yeah, you know, get your popcorn ready, man. I'm like, damn, man. What is he doing? I don't know, man. You 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 realize like, and I've been in. Um, spaces around more so like b-list celebrity kind of people right um but you know we have a black magic and you know i'll I'll come up with the camera and you know be um meeting them because they want to get some content off or they want to work on Mm -hmm. excuse me some sort of documentary or something like that and then you realize like some of these people like the the te- that on that level, that Terra Owens type of level, um, they be having like just terrible quality. Like yeah. you, like I, I've been in like sometimes like you'll go into like a room or a space or something, or it might be even in a garage or something like that. And you be like, "Yo, this is what you recording your 
YouTube channel on, or this is how you doing your 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 podcast? Like, you just got a cell phone and a and a lav mic hooked up, and you'd be like, damn. That's crazy. Yeah, it'll be some old shit. Like, yeah, I got it hooked up to my pager, and then my pager. <laughs> you still using pagers, nigga? What the fuck are you doing? It's 2021, man. Get your shit together. Yeah. Record man. podcast on a tape, cassette tape. Dude, there are fucking four months left in the year. That is nuts. That yeah. shit went by so fast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, because what the halfway point is uh, June, right? Uh-huh. Or I guess like going into July or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, what, right there, I was like, okay, the pace kind of felt okay. Right. But then I think July kind of flew by. Oh, my the, God. The way I gauge um, how fast the months are flying is how fast it feels for me to pay my rent again. Uh-huh. So <laughs> when the rent is coming, when it feels like I just signed a check or whatever, I'd be like, like dang, this one flew by. Like, yeah. fuck, yo. Yeah, so. That's crazy, yo. Yeah, All right, yeah. switching gears. Uh, Matt Damon reti- retires the F word. And for those that don't know which F word we're talking about, it's the one that rhymes with maggot, mm-hmm. right? That is not very popular in the LGBT community. So uh, let me read this here. Matt Damon says he still used the F word, uh, the F slur, up until some months ago. Um, You know, okay, we're not reading that bullshit. Um, In in an interview with the UK Sunday Times today, 50-year-old Harvard-educated Academy Award winner Matt Damon admitted that he only only recently retired use of what he calls the F slur for a homosexual from his personal lexicon. Not only that, but it took a very long trustees written by his daughter for him to realize why maybe he shouldn't be tossing it around. He said... I made a joke months ago, and I got a trustee from my daughter. Uh, she left on the table. I said, come on, that's a joke. I say it in the movie Stuck on You. She went, on, she went to her room and wrote a very long, beautiful trustee on how the, world, the word is dangerous. I said, I retire the F slur I understood. Okay, here's the thing. I think, for one, I, I want to... I wanna, um, Give a shout out to Matt Damon for at least being honest, saying that he used it. Mm-hmm. I think in this time and this time of the world, I don't think a lot of people will feel comfortable mentioning that they use the F word. But here's the problem I have. I don't like how people redefine a word that is offensive and try to make it like it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like if you say a nigger, right? If you say, oh, my nigger, and you'd be like, nigger's not offensive. That means like my brother, but not nigger. And it's like, bro, how the fuck you going to tell me? Mm-hmm. Like if I, I don't if I don't feel comfortable with you calling me my nigga and you a white dude, and I tell you like, hey, chill with that shit, and you keep doing it, I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing? Like I'm not I'm the type of dude that will just stop being around you because I don't own the n word, but it does make me feel uncomfortable just talking to some white guy and he just keeps fucking saying it. I'm like, hey, yeah. dude, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it says he, a lot about the person too. Yeah, the person just unwilling to you know um, acknowledge that uh, something is problematic. And I feel in regards to the the F word that rhymes with maggot, <clears throat> it doesn't matter how you use it. If you say, I'm using it as a joke, not real, because I've used the word many times back in the day, and I didn't direct it towards gay people, but that doesn't mean it was, it was, it was okay. Yeah. That, just saying that shit was fucked up. Imagine how many people that I may have been around that probably were gay, and I probably said it, and they just was just like, oh, man, like. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I wouldn't even know that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's growth, man. I, I think we, we have to give people time to grow. I, I think that everyone grows. If somebody was a racist, okay, let's say, for example, you meet somebody now, they're an awesome person, they're a good teacher, role model, whatever the case, but like 
50 years ago, they were saying nigger, calling people niggers and stuff and being mm-hmm. racist. Mm-hmm. And, and are you going to cancel them for what they said that long ago? Or are you going to realize that they changed? Because mm-hmm. we have to live. Two things are true. People do change. Like, we can't sit here and be like, you said nigger 50 years ago and you a racist. And it'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not, man. You know, I do a lot for the black community. I've learned a lot. I was very ignorant then. Some people, it's almost like they don't even want people to change. Yeah. They just want you to be racist forever. They want mm-hmm. you to be whatever. Like, it's, it's also true that people do change. One of the coolest dudes I met when I was trucking when I first got my license, cool guy. Had conversations and he lifted his shoulder. He had his like he lifted his arm up and he had a swastika on it. Mm-hmm. He had did some prison time and he said, "Man, he's like I learned some valuable lessons. Man, I was very ignorant. You know, it's not my finest hour. You know, but you know, I just I I, I keep it covered up. Man, I'm sorry that you seen it and all of this. I was like, man, you cool with me, bro? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he had a legit swastika on his arm. I could have said, oh no, fuck this shit, you racist motherfucker, but I didn't do that." Mm-hmm. You know he was a good, he was a cool dude. He's, even up to the time that we had went out and did our training, he was a solid guy the whole time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, what Matt Damon did was was pretty powerful because he could have very well not have even said that. Yeah, he didn't have to say shit. He could, he could have went around and walked around like he was this you know pillar of excellence you know in Hollywood and stuff like that and you know people just look up to him and he's a good actor and all this kind of stuff and he could have just stopped saying the word in his personal life and then just kind of moved on. But I think like I think the power in, in what he said is just like um, the the idea or the promotion of change or, or learning um, learning about, you know, just, or, or being aware of like different social climates, you know what I mean? Like, and this is a 50 year old, 50 year old man now. I, I you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a lingo that we used, you know, maybe early 2000s and in the 1990s and stuff like that. Um, and he was using it for that long, which is, which is kind of crazy to me that he yeah. only barely stopped using the word and he yeah. worked in Hollywood. Yeah, like, I know. You know, he's probably worked around so many gay people and openly gay people, not just, you know what I mean? So that's that's crazy to me. But I think it's super important. Like, and, and it kind of reminds me of um, the conversation Tom Hanks had about uh, the, the the massacre in Tulsa. Um, it, it just like I just I just like this like honesty or this yeah. openness that a lot of these um, celebrities are, are are having and not and not like the kind of pandery kind of conversations but the real genuine conversations that these people are having like and it's crazy that he would have kept using the word if it wasn't for his daughter and I, does it say how old she was uh, I'm not sure oh, okay say that. yeah I'm curious to know how old she was just to you know show how you know how forward thinking or how Mm -hmm. wise she is you know what I mean and even to be that wise to be like you know to write her dad a letter to kind of like lay it down for him but yeah it's just important and you know I mean um, we had a moment and you could probably go back and listen to it and we're not trying to erase it you know Mm -hmm. just to be perfect people Mm -hmm. Um, but we had a moment on our podcast where that type of thing came up and we had a conversation it was a short conversation but it was it was within context Mm -hmm. I was I was imitating someone that was being homophobic while Mm -hmm. using the f word and Keith was like hey you don't even say it like don't Mm -hmm. even mention that Mm -hmm. and I thought about it and I was like yeah, that's that's true. And it's not pandering at all. Mm-hmm. What it is 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 understanding that 
it, you can't quantify how someone else feels about how it, using that F word towards them. Like you can't quantify how it feels to be a black person and get called the N word. Mm-hmm. So since you can't, I'm just be like, look, I'm not even going to fuck with that. Yeah. I'm going to just leave that alone. You know, I'm not going to say it jokingly. And literally, I, I'm, I'm my right hand of God. I'm not playing. When I hear people dropping F-bombs that rhyme with maggot now, it kind of make my skin crawl now. Yeah. It, it just makes me feel weird when I'm around, you know, uncles or people that's doing it. And I'm just like, man, like, it's like you, you are still subscribing to an outdated way of thinking. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to subscribe to LGBT or none of that, but you need to have some respect Stop doing that. Yeah. That just need to stop. Like, I don't call women bitches. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't be like, oh, bitch, you ain't do that. I don't do that. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I hear a lot of rap artists do it, and they get away with it because, you know, hip-hop is cool. But eventually, that's going to get played out. They be trying to, they, people try to normalize stuff um, like it ain't millions of other words in the, in the English That's true. It's a lot of words. There's a lot of words you can use. You don't have to use that. No. So you don't have to use any racial slurs. You don't have to use any homophobic slurs or anything. Like you could, you could use like the other words in the dictionary to describe what you're talking about. Very true. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like uh, Keith, where'd you get that nigger cap at? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Keith is crazy. That's a nice cap, though. It's a, it's a bucket hat. Yeah, I got. There was like this uh, little party we I went to, and I bought it. So oh, I was like, okay. yeah, that might be something to. It mostly it's hot in here, and I don't want to be like. I want something to catch the sweat. You know what I mean? So I mostly wear it for. Yeah, that. those are cool for that. I have a big old. I have a big old straw hat. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. I have a huge straw hat, um, and I probably wear it tomorrow. Those are really good. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully it's still good. If you let those straw hats sit long enough, like in the back of your car or something, mm-hmm. they just break up. Really? Yeah, they'll That's fucking sign. break up. Because you got to remember, a straw hat is just like old It's like old grass or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to dry up. Yeah. I might have to wet that shit or something. Yeah, maybe. I want I want to get one. I, li- I like those straw hats. Obviously, I, the thing for me, though, is I don't, I don't be outside enough to really like get the full. We outside. Of- yeah. I think I like that sometimes I'll see like coaches and stuff they be wearing them oh, like yeah. football practice. They've been wearing them a long time. Where did that one thing come from? People have been doing is like if you ain't over here, then where you at? Where I don't did, know. I ain't seen know, that. You haven't seen it? Oh mm-hmm. god. Or we already talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. I guess that's just how teenagers communicate now. It's just lingo, I guess, you know. Kinda, especially with the internet, you could everything is everywhere. So what if a girl pulled her pants down and he was like, she <laughs> what if he was like, Sheesh, go take a shower? <laughs> Sheesh, your pussy don't your pussy don't smell like water. Oh man. <laughs> y- you know what? There was a guy talking about that on TikTok. Like, why am I hearing all these teenagers saying sheesh? He's like, Yes, it's annoying. But mm-hmm. let, he said, let me take you back to a time where we were all communicating by saying, Waza. <laughs> yeah. Waza. Yeah, yeah, we were really doing that shit, bro. Yeah, that was the fucking yeah. that was the Budweiser commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that. Did that? Oh my god! And everyone was doing it. We were in school, like what's up? Especially answering the phone. What's up? <laughs> oh my your god! Grandma call you like, hey, grandson, is your dad around? What's up? You be like, man, you gonna get an ass open? For if that you do that shit to your grandma, she can be like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I think every generation has had their thing that they did. I don't know what it is for our grandparents, but they had their shit too. Calling people jive. You jive, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> jive turkey. Imagine if it's like the fucking 50s and then, you know, they'd be like, hey, what's up, Bob? Hey, what's up, Grease Lightning? <laughs> 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 yeah, who knows, man? You yeah. never you never know, man. Greaser. Yeah, man. In in the seventies you'd be like, hey, what's up? Power to the people. <laughs> Power to the people, brother. <laughs> I had a I was an older black man. I was driving and he was a truck driver too, obviously, but he was going down the highway and I waved and same he, dude that called me Asian. He gave me a black power fist. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, it's some of them stand the test of time. Like some of the yeah. lingo, you could look back and be like, "Yeah, that was that was actually cool." But some of that stuff be like, like one, of, was one of the words that stood the test of time and it has never went out of style since it started getting used is the bomb. A bomb. Like, oh, that's the bomb. Yeah, I remember when people first start saying that shit. Mm-hmm. They didn't start saying that shit until the early nineties. Early. Yeah, early 90s. Nobody was saying that shit before then. So the early nineties, it was like the bomb, and it originated from hip hop. Yeah. And now I hear everybody saying it. Yeah. Just like. You used a bomb in a sentence? Yeah, the pussy was the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like a super animated dude, like, like especially high school days, he just come and, you know, after, mm-hmm. you know, having some sort of relations with some girl and be like, yo, 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 that head was the bomb. And niggas like shaking each other's hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Biggity Bomb Bomb. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, there are a lot of things that they derived from hip hop. Um, and I think I think fire is gonna be around for a minute. Fire is oh yeah, fire is relatively new. Yeah, fire is relatively new, but it's gonna be around a long time. Yeah, hey, that, this tastes fire. This yeah. tastes and what it is, you know, it's gonna last when it starts to. I don't want to use the wrong diction, but I guess it like permeates in other. Mm-hmm. Um, like other social groups mm-hmm. Like for example When Bling Bling first came out That song Bling Bling yeah. Every time I come around your city Bling Bling It started off with that right Yeah And then as time progressed The Lakers won those titles And it was now like Pop culture You got so. Bling Bling And then mm-hmm. now you see Like people in the In the, in the country uh, in, the, in the country genre Or wherever else mm-hmm. This one girl was like my husband just proposed to me, got me some good old bling bling, and I'm like, yeah. that's powerful. Because that I know where it came from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That came from Lil Wayne and the Hot Boys. Yeah. And now you got people years later still saying that shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's crazy, man. That's I, power. That's I, super power. I hope we could come up with something that, that like stands the test of time. And I hope we like, you know, have the rights to it. So every yeah, time, we every, time it. Uh-huh. every time they say it, we could just get paid. That'd be dope. I think uh my brother, my brother and his circle, they have like a I don't know how they come up with a lot of their lingo, but it'd be uh-huh. it'd be fresh. Like it'd be so yeah. original. Yeah. Like one of the words they use now is slutty. Yeah. But like in a positive spin, like yeah. if you just like if you just had a function and you having a good time, like you you getting slutty kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but so. this is not the first time they've done this. Yeah. The first thing that I seen them do, this was in high school. Yeah. They used to say looking cold. Yeah. But they but it's like when you say it in context, you know what it means. It's yeah. almost like saying the word nigga, right? Yeah. Like if something crazy happens, you like nigga. nigga. Like you know something crazy went on. If a girl mm-hmm. walked by, she got a nice body, you be like nigga, nigga. right? I don't know. Or or mm-hmm. like 
it, it's like the way you say the word can literally describe it a can whole situation. Me, it can mean so many different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, like somebody would be like uh, have a nice like nice outfit on, and then your brother would be like, "Oh shoot, you looking, looking cold, cold. looking yeah. cold." Or and, even like sometimes if it, it could be a negative thing, like if somebody's saying something outlandish. Oh, like, this nigga looking cold. <laughs> yeah, or sometimes they even say like, "This nigga sound cold." Yeah, he yeah. sound cold. Yeah. yeah, and it's like how they communicate. It is so hilarious. I used to catch it yeah. when they was in high school. I was yeah. already obviously a grown man, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, this is kind of cool." Right? Here. Yeah, it's even funny. Like my brother posted it on his story, but um, we were in the group chat, and then uh, they were talking about the Lovers and Friends concert. Where it has like Usher and uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of other like old '90s, 2000s uh, acts and whatnot yeah. at a concert. Um, and they put it in the group chat, like, yo, who's going? And blah, he was having a whole conversation about it. And then my brother said something like, yo, I'm going to pull up and get slutty. Like, what, what everybody else on? And my, my aunt was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was like, nah, it's lingo. It's just a lingo. It ain't really, you uh, know what I'm It's not really, it's like, if that word starts to really, like, Pop is mm-hmm. like we know where it came from. Yeah, like it's not original word, but the the use of it. Yeah, like when they saying slutty and it's just them chilling, like getting slutty, and it's like it's not corny either. Yeah, it, it's like it, it fits their age group. Yeah, I think that's the I, I think that's the cool part about slang is when you repurpose something. Right, you know I mean? like. Like no, nah, I don't mean we don't. And, and unless you're being like derogatory, but outside yeah. of that, like if you just kind of repurpose a word, like I think that's dope. Yeah, it'd be crazy, but it'd be unfortunate if something gets like popular that shouldn't. It'd be like nothing much, dude. Just getting niggered up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, you like <laughs> taking a picture on Snapchat. Yo, just getting real niggery out here. <laughs> Getting real niggery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that'd be crazy, bro. That's wild. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I think, think, like, certain words that have been repurposed in cultures, like, for Mexicans, it's the word fool. Yeah. But it's with two O's, just fool. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's up, fool? Oh, what's up, fool? Yeah. And that shit has been, like... That word has been repurposed and like completely like dominated by Mexican culture. Yeah, because fool is like you know maybe somebody that's like dumb or you're doing something wild. Yeah, but like fool, ignorant maybe. Yeah, like they got it's a it's a page on uh, Instagram. I had to unfollow it because it was just too much. It was just too distracting. Mm -hmm. It's called Fools Gone Wild. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about it. Uh uh. And it's just a bunch of funny shit. Mm -hmm. And damn. Hamlet, so I just got to drive by when we're making a point. But <laughs> I, had to, I had to unsubscribe to a dude because it was too fucking funny. Yeah. But yeah, I think fools, fool has definitely been repurposed by Latinos, bro. Yeah. For sure. It, it, I'm thinking about like the term, like, go stupid. I think yeah. that's one of those. Not, it, doesn't, it doesn't radiate. It's more of Not like a bed. More in a bed. Right, 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 right. Going stupid. Right, right. Because sometimes it's certain. You know the word that <clears> didn't, that did not. Um, not a lot of people say it, but it did kind of get like around for a minute. Was like retarded. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, because I remember Black Eyed Peas made a song back in the day that they kind of have to change the words. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. But the original is, let's get retarded. Yeah, yeah. let's get retarded. Like, they literally made that song. Yeah, that's crazy that sometimes... What sounds sounds better? I'm not going to (laughs) say. I think let's get it started sounds better. Yeah, I think... That's the one I heard the most, so I think that that's why it probably sounds a little bit better. It's kind of like I remember as a kid, and it probably only I probably only was aware of this like around like fourth, fifth grade when I was really like starting to listen to like more hip hop music and stuff. Um, when you're hearing songs on the radio, and you think that's the only version, right? So. Uh, like you hear like to the window, to the wall, to all these females fall. Like that's yeah. like the edited version. And then you hear like to the sweat drop off my ball. And then you like, wait, what the what? heck? Like this sound crazy. Like, like, why would somebody say that in a song? On the edited version is like uh to the window, to the wall, to the sweat come down and fall. Yeah. And all these females mm-hmm. crawl. Mm-hmm. And, it's, yeah. and it's like and you listen to it like, oh, this is dope. And like, you go through like little John be like, yeah, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, wow, this is not on the radio version here. Yeah, yeah, pussy water everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Domestic abuse. <laughs> what? Uh, People have no idea how big little John was, bro. Oh, he's huge. Little John he's was huge. so massive, bro. And it was this, it was like um the way I would describe it is like he just curated a sound. You know, yeah. when you would go Lil John's hard hitting drums, the beat, the melody gonna yeah. be kind of simple, but it's just gonna be hard. And niggas was rapping over it. He he made hits with Usher and E Forty, and yeah. then he he doubled back and then he did the uh, the shot song. You know, oh I mean? my god, that's a fucking massive song, huge. Song. That that song was the biggest song in nightclubs <clears throat> for years. Yeah. And when you walk into a club, you're shot, 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 shot. Everybody. Even like, you know, and this is uh, like the the tone of Lil John, that energy he had. That shit is um, crazy. It's, it was so dope that even J. Cole sampled him on the 95, on the 95 South song. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, on the end of it, it's Lil John on the, on the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's nuts, dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a, that song with... uh. That shot song got Pitbull in it, right? Yeah. E to the I, O to the... Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't know song, the lyrics, but... Yeah, man. That if When you... Bro, when you hear that... I'm not even a big fan of that type of music because I don't be going to clubs like that. But mm-hmm. when you hear that on there... It's the energy. It's just energy, bro. Yeah. It's energy. If they play that song on repeat, mm-hmm. like... It's so repetitive too, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Shots, 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 shots. Everybody. You can hear, you can feel the energy, right? Like you could, if you could just think about the atmosphere, the shots, shots, shots. You just think of people like, woo. Yeah. You take it. You can't sit down and just be chilling when that comes on. Nah, you can't. You can't relax when that comes on. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, fuck, I got to get up again. Shot, 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 shots. Yeah, you could be in a church house and that mug come on and niggas going to be in there taking shots of wine. People that are twerking and shit. Yeah. Twerking for Jesus. <laughs> 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 Bro, there's a video. I think I... I, I don't quote me on this, but if you look twerking for Jesus, it might still pop up. It was this girl that was like the leader of this this choir, mm-hmm. and it was in church, and she was super thick. Yeah, and she was like 
you know, like doing a little hand things, and then she just accidentally start dropping and start twerking, and she stopped, and she stood back up. Nah, is it twerking for Jesus? I, I was yeah. like, oh my, that's what God. happened. You be catching the Holy Ghost, but that you know, on the Sunday before, I mean, on a Saturday before, you was in the club, like, you just get confused. You was bit. catching the Holy Ghost on Sunday and the whole Ghost on Saturday. <laughs> the whole Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> The whole ghost different. <laughs> yeah. The, the the whole ghost is like, sha, 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 sha. But the Holy Ghost is like, take me to the king. I don't have much to do. Oh, man. That's wild. That's crazy. Oh, man. We got to get out of here, man. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, it's been definitely hot, mm-hmm. man. Uh, we are, but- if this feels like, in, if this is any reference to hell or what it may feel like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be praying every day. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll end this here, but we want to say a huge thank you to all of those who continue to support the podcast, especially yeah. a lot of people coming in from all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, tuning in and subscribing to what we do, man. We appreciate yeah. you guys. We will continue to drop content on time for you guys mm-hmm. every single week. There is a, and I never mentioned, we just left it in there. I don't like to ask for anything. The cash app tag is left on the right side of the podcast. I'm in mean, the right side of the episode. And feel free the to left, do, what's the left side? It's the right side. It's next to me. I'm on the right. Oh, it's the left side on the screen. Shit. Anyways, it's on the left side of the screen. Right again. Yeah. All right. Fuck Fuck <laughs> keep talking about. But it's on the left side of the yeah. screen at ATM Pod. If you want to donate, mm-hmm. donate whatever is on your heart. I'm we're not asking for anything. If you yeah. feel free to donate. And if it's on your heart, and if we've earned your donation, only if we have earned it, yeah, then go ahead and drop a donation to the podcast. And, and we're not one of those people that be like, it'd be people that they make $5 million a year and they'd be like, hey, guys, just, you know, if you like to donate, donate. This That keeps the channel going and stuff like that. It's like those people don't necessarily need those donations, no. but they, they're lying, essentially. The, yeah. the, the donations are funding their life. Yeah, but 100%. us, we have a office space that we use, cameras, right. computers, hard right. drives, the whole nine. Like, yeah. So lights, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it, it would actually help us. It would genuinely help yeah. us. It would genuinely do... <clears throat> But regardless of the fact, we're not trying to fucking flip you upside down and ask for your money. You guys mm-hmm. got bills. You got things you got to pay for. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. it is on your heart to donate, donate whatever amount of money you like. There is no minimums. There's no maximums. There's mm-hmm. only whatever. And if you don't want to donate shit, don't do it. Okay? Yeah. It's an offer and plate. It we're is just, pa- a, it, just passing an offer. You can just pass that plate right back. Give it to Keith. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, That's some but, more mental health. Yeah. Some people yelling outside of here. Yeah. Wow, we're trying to wrap this thing up. People won't just let us fucking stop. Let's <laughs> make it stop, goddammit. All right, well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we genuinely appreciate you. Thank yes, you sir. for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fings. Right here. Peace.